show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer Worldwide, episode one. These interviews were recorded back in September during the Facehammer Worldwide event, and in this show, you have two. Uh, first is Richie McCallie from Just Saying and the Just Play Store, talking about Cradron Overlords and his sort of competitive match play journey, uh, and some talk about Sylvaneff as well back in uh, the day. Then after a break, we will come back and we've got James Tinsdale um, on to talk about Idenf Deepkin, Cradron Overlords, Zinch and all things age competitive AOS in the UK. So two very much match play focused shows back to back. So enjoy that. We will be releasing all the Face Summer Worldwide interviews and podcasts as well as on our YouTube channel, which they're already up there if you want to go check those out. Um, but we thought we'd put them into podcasts as well for people who want to listen to them on their commute, etc. So enjoy. Um, if you want any feedback, let us know, and uh, we'll get straight into it. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. So welcome to the first interview segment of FaceTime Worldwide, and we are joined by a very special guest, guest Richie, uh, the headliner, some would say, of the event. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. He's like the cold <laughs> Not me. Not me, but other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you said you just described him as cold play. Yeah. <laughs> some people like cold play. <laughs> well, well, not sorry. really. <laughs> I'm, I'm not down with that. So, you know, but I hate all play. Oh my god! You're gonna leave now, any? Like, <laughs> just get his piano out. Yeah. Get out. No. <laughs> what does that guy wear? Why does he wear what he wears? He's a. He's a. I'm, oh no! Don't like him. <laughs> yeah, Les is Coldplayer poster just out of shot. Cheers, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> It's the lyrics he's got tattooed on his body. I'm shocked about. <laughs> It's it's where he's got them tattooed that I'm really talking about. Yeah, I've got kiss tattoos all over me. Like, <laughs> it's got love gun somewhere. I've got uh, right. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so we thought we would uh, start off and talk about competitive play and lists. So, uh, Richie, obviously, do you want to just give us a bit of an introduction to your who you are, what you do, what you play, and how you got into Warhammer? There you go. You can talk for about twenty so, minutes. So. Uh, no worries yeah so uh yeah i'm richie i um i work i own just play um games in liverpool and i we do a podcast just saying as well and i mostly play age of sigmar pretty much exclusively game wise um and, and have done for i don't know since general's handbook one come out basically just a tiny 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 bit before that um 
And yeah, and that's and that's my you know little story army wise. Yeah, I play I play a few. I think I've got I think I've got like six or seven now. Um, I've mostly played Carrot and Overlords is my favourite army, um, which I played early on, and I've also played quite a bit of Sylvanas, quite a bit of Gloom Spike Gifts, and quite a bit of Disciples of Inch in tournaments anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Les, we've got some echo coming through your mic, by the way. That so, um, yeah, cool. So you've been you've been playing with Crowdron Overlords at the moment, haven't you? I guess is that fair to yes. say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, like every every game I've played for um, quite a while has been with Crowdron Overlords. Certainly since whenever their boat points went down, and uh, and a little bit before that as well. When that like rumor of points, we played a little bit then as well. So yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, if you, because obviously, like, it's a bit of a weird time right now, um, and obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's. I saw that you've done a bit of social distance garden gaming and things like that, and obviously, you own yeah. a store, so you've got a place to play. So, do you, are you playing much at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing a fair bit. Um, I'm playing. I'd say I try and play twice a week right now. Um, I played on a Tuesday night, and I've played bits on a Friday afternoon. So, yeah, enough. I've at least played a game a week for for a while now uh, and yeah at the odd time i've played a little bit more so yeah more, more than more than most people probably get to luckily so yeah that's fairly uh, <laughs> i'm a bit jealous i haven't played since um, yeah, yeah. tomlin's events back in february i want to say yeah I, like i didn't for i didn't for quite a while either um but i got a bit of a bug plus when i started playing again particularly when you know like everybody we just got excited about card and overlords again so um yeah that really got me wanting to play more so so with ko then like um, i really want to talk about like the meta which is a bit of a weird place because there aren't really events and you've got tts and um obviously there are results being recorded from events across the globe and i've seen some number crunching by like jp and stuff like underdog overdog ratings and things like that and um ko yeah. seemed to be doing quite well in those those sort of stat charts and how are you finding since the changes player with them I guess I'm terrible at it because everyone else seems to win. <laughs> but um, I seem to lose low. I don't. I yeah. think um, I don't think they're that good, really. Um, you know, the, the point changes. You know, you could the extreme end. You maybe you can save 220 points or something by buying a load of boats, but I'm not convinced that's any good. Uh, and then the, the lists that are doing okay, maybe have three boats, so maybe like they're like 90 points cheaper or something, yeah. which isn't. Isn't a lot, really. So it does make me look back and think, did I really just miss it with these? Did we all just miss that they were actually okay? You know, all we've needed is a little, little, you know, something to focus on. But yeah, I've, I've struggled with them, really. Um, I guess that it's just a bit harder to play than some of the armies I have played in the last few years. I've played a certain style, a very forgiving style. And... Um, maybe I you know, just need to step my game up, learn a little bit more about playing some different ways uh, and, and improve, but they're good. They're, um, they're a very they're very hard army to play. I don't think they're very forgiving. I think uh, anybody who just, you know, says, yeah, they just blow you off the board is is wrong. Like, maybe you do just blow someone off the board, but yeah. that's not how it feels from our side. You know, we're really trying hard to put everything together, manage our distance, manages in the chance of getting doubled back, or even just I go, you go things. There's, there's a hell of a lot going on. You don't have many models on the board. They are awful at objective play. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think. Do you the, think they're gone? I was going to say, do you think they're kind of too flexible, Richard? Do you think it makes it really hard to choose what to do because you can do everything? Oh, mate, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that that's very fair, you know. Um, yeah, you, you can be everywhere making a decision of what you want to do and what range you want to go into. Do you want to stay at this range or that range? What side of the board? When do you want to press and try and hold objectives? You know, can you wait another turn to score? Can you not? Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot going on. They're just not very forgiving, right? Like, if someone gets into you, then you can get cut up pretty fast. So, um, it's hard. And I'd, I'd like to think I play against good people all the time. So, obviously, I don't really get any games that are easy. Um, a lot of these yeah. tournaments are, you know, small one-dayers, local one-dayers and things like that. So, typically, you know, that means the games are normally a little bit easier. You know, I'm sure... You know, sorry if any of these tournaments are actually the best ten people in the world or in whatever city playing, but that's not normally how it goes. So I've I play some of the best players all the time, and I don't like play in a tournament way where I try and just beat you and not tell you everything, you know, and stuff like. Not that if someone asks me something, I don't hide it, obviously, but I don't go actually, yeah. mate. You don't want to put them there. You know, whereas yeah. I would do that when I was playing against my friends, you know, I'd be like, oh, look, watch that distance there. And I'll actually take those models off because you'll take this gun out of range, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't make it easy for myself either. But, and I think what yeah. you're doing when you do that is you're you're making yourself a better player. And like you've got a strong group up there with, you know, like Tinsdale and, and you know, JP and all that lot. I mean, there's a group of yeah, yeah. really good gamers, obviously like Tom's fairly local as well and Tony and all that lot. So you've got a really strong um, group of players up there. One of the things that was quite interesting to me when you were talking is you were talking about like maybe you're just not as a good a player as you thought you were, uh, paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, think, sure. I think that where we've played in the past and that your armies, you almost you can play it like a recipe because you've got a very, very defensive, well-thought-out strategy with an army that synergizes, but it's almost irrelevant what's on the other side of the table because you've got a game yeah, plan and it in the same way. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a pre-planned execution and really the scenario might make a difference. But generally, what you're playing against doesn't really matter, and that's with when you're playing with the Gits and with the, you know, the Sylvan and F. Um, I, and, and you fire know, slayers. fire slayers to an extent, but I change yeah. change the same. Yeah, fire yeah. slayers the same. And I build your castle. And I think what you're almost doing is, Caradron, from my experience, they are very good. But there's, like I say, there's tons of decisions that are all on you, and it's very hard to know what the best decisions to make are um, across that. And I think you've got the the added problem that they are very fragile so once they get into you it's basically game over um and if you get yeah. level turned and they get into you you're basically done um and i think that the the new book did a lot to alleviate that where you had things like the a for gold being able to do reroll saves you know being able to shoot from embark and and some of the more movement and the fly high stuff allows you to mitigate that a little bit but um really it's just interesting to hear you say that and and i think that going outside your comfort zone and playing an army that doesn't suit your style is almost it will take you it will take you a while to learn that and uh, that way of playing but i think it would eventually it would be beneficial to you if you switch back to the other style but you understand that yeah. style more so it should help you in those situations yeah oh yeah i, I agree i appreciate definitely i think um I think the armies I have played historically are the 
the best way to approach Sigmar, maybe, you know. Don't, don't worry about double turns. Don't worry about who wins the turn roll. It's very rare playing, like, Fire Slayers, Change Host, Gits, or 100 Dryads. That 100 dryads it mattered who went next. That, yeah, you no, like I that one, Harry? Like yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 so, but, um, but it, you know, because it doesn't matter what I did, did it, Terry? You know, we played, you know, uh, you. I went first against your army that was doing something similar-ish, you know, and it, yeah, it didn't matter who was you, going. You just, you, know. you just wall them in with dryads and then go, go on then. Let's, yeah. You're not getting I'm out. All, yeah. I'm, all I'm, gonna put, I'm gonna put more and more dryads there every couple of turns. I'm gonna keep summoning more. I'm gonna retreat them out of combat, and they're always gonna be minus one to hit because this one dude over here stood next to a tree, but the dude you're hitting is forty inches away from the tree. Still minus one though. I'm in a tree. Yeah, well, you know, you, you shouldn't have come down the woods, Teddy, should you? That's how it goes. So yeah, I should have come on the board you know. because there was a wood on the board. <laughs> if yeah. you go down to the woods today, you'll be in for a surprise. Rich is gonna smack you. Up. There's yeah. a nursery rhyme that teaches yeah. children about this lesson, Terry. I mean, I have um, so um, after like having heard Richie's assessment of playing with the army, I have a question for Russ and then Richie. Uh, it, it sounds like so armies that are that, are that flexible. One of the ways to kind of take a bit of the mental pressure off in terms of decisions is just to give your opponent some shit to deal with. Like typically, that would be in their side of the board. And then once they're making decisions around the issue you've given them, you kind of get a bit of a like, ah, and like a, a chill. And then you can start making more obvious decisions yourself. Russ, is there a way, like, because you know more about the, the KO than the rest of us here that aren't Richie, like, is there a way when you play them that you put the ball in your opponent's court so you could then have a clearer set of, of, of things? You know, like, like if, yeah, if that was an army that I played, yeah, 100% know what you're saying. I think um, typically, like, KO when I played them for one event was Clown Car, Zifflin back in the day, and I haven't really played with the new book. I think what you're, what you're talking about is the difference between reactive or proactive play. So yep. um, the problem with KO is, and I found that with a lot of armies, and I had the same situation when I played Les in the Mirror with the same Stormcast list, is that when you are the one that has to play the army proactively, but you, you your opponent hasn't done anything in the game because you're going first or whatever, and yep. you're basically trying to anticipate how they're going to behave or what's going to happen, whereas when you react to things, it's a lot easier to make decisions because all you're doing is saying, actually this is what i need to do i need to deal with this unit now so they're my target right now i need to do that but when you've got a blank canvas you're almost trying to go well where what how can i you're almost dictating the game state you almost say right this by moving my pieces in these places or going for this objective rather than that objective you're essentially saying this is the initial landscape of the game now let's do the reaction you go i go or you go you go if you get double turned but you know you do that and then you say actually it comes down to you as a player to make that decision and say right this is how i want the start to look like because i've got all the control and all the power have they got enough yep. and what i tend to do is try to give them more than one obvious thing to react to so they could do the wrong thing 
so sometimes even yeah. just putting a unit on the side of the board like far away that you do a nine inch charge and you fail it and it's just sat on the side they might go right i'm going to go after that and kill it or I'm going to spread it's out making your or opponent, I'm going to go for it's this. It's like asking questions, isn't it? It's like yeah. making your opponent... You, like, and like you, me and you, you touched on the game that we played then, is that I like to play armies, that I like to be aggressive, I like to make my opponent be on the back foot. That's why I don't play particularly well when I'm in a defensive room, which is why it was such a weird one for me playing Fire Slayers at the ECC, because it was like, build the castle, wait for them to come in and then fight. Um, like, I prefer to take, you know, like, I'm going to go here and here, you need to make a decision whether you deal with that threat or you deal with that threat and that's kind of like how i like to play whereas i think what you're saying is that you can't really do that as well with ko because you, they can just deal with the threats that you're putting on the table right well i think with KO, there... because it's a ranged army and it doesn't have a lot of combat it's a very safe what, what you're you're almost going right i need to eliminate these four things before they become an issue so i've got my target priority and i need to make sure i'm at these ranges and you the the biggest i think the biggest thing you pose for your opponent is they they're thinking where are you going to fly high and where you're going to drop to so i think you need to be patient with ko now whereas in the past you'd go here's my boat all my men my entire army right in front of you try and do enough damage oh i didn't i lose oh i did i win um now i think you need to spread out play the long game use your 24 inch range use your maneuverability and push pull their army around the problem with the current ko from my understanding from talking to people like tom is that because of the lack of number of models it's very easy to get left for dust in objective play i don't know if you agree with that richie you're a bit uh, more experienced uh, in KO than uh, me yeah 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 crazy like i that that's the hardest part is, is the objective play um by long stretching yes but like the boat list like i know tom's playing a bunch of boats you know and that's that's going to find it really hard i don't lack men um particularly and i there is a couple of things you can lean into to um to really help you with the objective play and help you with having numbers on the board and I've got all of that because I think it's so important. But um I some of the points that you make like are super relevant. Like, you know, I play high drop. I get given first turn a lot, um, which I've decided I don't mind. But yeah. Um, you say I'm the proactive one, and you know they're reacting to me. Like the th- I've got three units of Aether Wings in the unit I've played with the most, and they're just great for solving that problem. You know, yeah, you're gonna make me go first. I'm just gonna go and do the Aether Wings. I'm gonna either you know grab the objectives, get me me scoring without committing my army anywhere. The army then can fly high to wherever it wants to be. You know, somewhere safe basically while doing some shooting often, and all the all the Aether Wings are gonna help screen again for, uh, you know, when they do go and maybe go twice. So yeah, I found I found that, that that's helped with that side of things. But I've played a list that wants my boats to be together uh, for buffs and uh, healing and stuff like that. And maybe that doesn't like give people enough things to think about. Um, I think it could split up more, and maybe a shift in the the characters could um, could do that. So being tough. Have you thought about um, allies in KO and what they could do to the army to fill some of the weaknesses? I just am um, looking at something to my right, which is a Knight Vexler and 15 Liberators. Just wondering hmm. if there is a way to like literally give people a, a target. No, I've took I've took Aether Wings, um, and yeah, so I have took allies, which is something I wouldn't really do. I guess no, Russ, because I don't like playing armies with allies. Um, I, <laughs> I just don't, you know. Just if it goes back to what I'd be, I just don't like doing it. Um, I'm sure Byron's got an yeah. opinion. 
Yeah, I have, I have, yeah. I have took three wings um, because, yeah, look, I, I do. I have, that is a nod towards wanting to, you know, to win, and that's not. I'm not hamper myself because I do think they're they're excellent and very good in the army. But um, no, I have. I've looked at like you know taking two into dwarfs. Iron breakers are really well costed I now. Say, like dispossessed. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. gyrocopter, like gyrocopters, yeah. fit with a theme and are more expendable and more cheap, and they also deal with hordes. They fit perfectly and the points cost of them is a is a number that isn't common in the army as well. So it lets you, you know, sometimes fit a unit of three of them and when you couldn't fit anything else in from the KO book yeah. very effectively. I think they're one eighty, um, and that doesn't you don't come across that much in KO. So yeah, they're yep. they're a fair option. I've seen people have success with them, I think, like you said, because they clear hordes, they are good at it and oh um I'm fine at clearing hordes. Yeah, like they, they've, got lot, they've got a lot of shots. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good. I, I, I really, I really, really like playing with the army, but um, it, it's it is hard. And I have made like I'm I'm fully on tilt with Age of Sigma right now because I made some dumb mistakes in my last two games, and I'm so wound up it's untrue. But um, the Otherwise, like the get games away from making like doing some silly things, the turn roll has has been testing. Like I don't, but not in the way that I guess I can double people and win. But what are you going to do? I'm playing a shooting army. Yeah, that's the rules. Of, that's the rules of Age of Sigma. Unfortunately, I guess you know. Yeah. maybe I do match up against something that cannot take it. And I, I do just blow them off the board. But I've more found that like I've really needed a double at times to to keep up with the objective play. Like, so some of the stuff that you blow cooldowns on to um, to to take objectives, like Zilfin move, I think is yeah. really powerful. You get to you get to cheat and get on objectives and to use white, Warp Lightning Vortex, to use that to just deploy Warp Lightning Vortex, I haven't found to give me a very good long game, so that's why I don't like Warp Lightning Vortex. Iron Sky Command helps you cheat and get onto objectives as well very close. <laughs> so yes, I can steal objectives and score, Sometimes I need to score twice. You know, like a blow a cooldown, I want six points off that objective, not two or three, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah. is there, I mean, um, we've got a couple of questions. So, um, uh, our Breaking Bad himself, uh, Mr. Herno, is asking you which battle plans cause you the most problems? Oof. Um, Scorched Earth has got to be. I'm definitely. Yeah, 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 maybe. But I play um, heroes are okay. They move around. That ironclad with a heroine can cover two to protect your own, or can cover two of theirs when it burns. And burning missions are quite good for me because, like I've just said about, I'm very good at stealing an objective. But I'm not very good at holding them. So when I can like burn and sometimes just win the game mathematically, I found that okay. Um, I think uh, total commitments tough. Um, yeah. Ones where I need to defend me back. Ones that, that those are hard. Um, I think Blade's Edge could be quite difficult as well because I can fall behind early on, and um, and they burn them away from me. You know, uh, they're quite close. Armies can hunker down and hold a lot of them. Um, the lads have been beating me. You know, some of the games, uh, JP with Mortec. Um, Ian with dispossessed. Um, they just got on. They just get on the objectives. No, no, know my rules. Know how I sneak onto objectives. Stop me doing it. And if they know that, 
and they know all my tricks and they know how to stop me getting on objectives. They just score and score and score and I, I don't get to get points. So, yeah. yeah, that's been good. Hope I'd answered that a little bit there, but um, <laughs> yeah, the, the ones where people can really just sit on them and hold them quite comfortably, they're a real challenge for me. I do think the burning ones are maybe a little bit better. Hero ones, I guess. Like, I don't play Arcane Power as a rule in any game unless I had to in a tournament and I don't play Knife to the Heart ever either. But... Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't, just don't enjoy them in practice games. So, no, I think it's fair. Um, um, ben Johnson, um, hi Ben, is asking, why do you not like using allies? Is it a background thing? Right. I'd, okay. So yes, it's a background thing, but that's not a very good answer, right? Because in the background, these ally together, and some of the examples Byron gave are completely understandable to be. Um, to work together and whatnot and i took aether wings and i've converted them to be like drones so they fit in with my army and stuff and the game's got loads of scope to do that and um, which we've seen it with like shaman armies recently shaman um they've people love making ar- metal armies now and doing all sorts of scratch builds there so you can make it work perfectly you can make it work as a hobby project beautifully and um and i think when they added the well, actually Ben, <laughs> when, uh, when he when the rules were added to um, to allow you know some allies and allow um, some some like they released all those box sets with it that were like sort of the perfect points to fit in and all that. I think that's great because a lot of the armies didn't have enough units to make you know them them interesting as a hobby project and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, they're the things, the factors that make me think. Oh, I just don't, I like to have the army just all on its own. I, I guess I wish there was no ally rules, but um, I do think it, it does add something to the game when people w- want to do it. So it seemed a bit of a flip-flop answer, but I hope, hope that explains it a little bit. Like, like you know, it's, you know, like you said, it's it's nice. I understand. I think the thing that really sort of like ruined my immersion of the hobby a little bit is when you see like, and Byron's going to roll his eyes at me, when you see a Stormcast army with like the wall of skinks in front of it, which is not there because it's themed, it's there because that's an efficient war scroll to provide you something that the Stormcast army doesn't have, which is, you yeah. know, if you're looking at it from a purely competitive point. I've done it. I've took Aether Wings. I've literally yeah, done that. Exactly. Like, have I made an excuse to? I'm not made an excuse to make them fit with my army. I just want them to look nice in my army, you know, because I'm a have you just and I enjoy that side of it as well. But yeah, I guess I don't like allies because yeah. some because sometimes the extreme things that come out are miserable to see. Like that's a great example, Skinks. Does it just feel a bit? Does it just feel a bit gross? Basically, at, at some point, it feels a bit gross. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm taking Aether Wings. Maybe I should not be taking Aether Wings <laughs> right now. This is nah, maybe they're just undergrowth. This is not working out. I'd say no, <laughs> no, I don't like allies. I don't take Aether Wings though. Yeah, I know. This right. is yeah. And you've justified it by making them drones. But like, I mean, I'm the same though, dude. Like, you know, I, I form the same camp as you. It's like I get it. If someone like leans into it and makes it work for their army, that's cool. But like, when you see like what well, back in the day when you'd have like you know sure charge with a million evocators and then a line of skinks like or like a line of bodies um you know if it's a themed thing i get it like in a school yeah. and like, it's themed yeah bellacore yeah every like every every faction list does bellacore in it next the theme is chaos armies he's got the, he's got the keyword undivided like it's not no good at all he's fe- he's fe- he should be divided by the amount of chaos players currently yeah yeah but i think <laughs> i think for me like 
allies is a good thing because it allows yeah. you to fill holes in your army that otherwise that battle tome might be not be the complete thing that you want it to be and we're talking purely match play here rather than rather than the benefits of doing a narrative story and having a reason to have the Sylvan F of the Stormcast because you really like that Black Library novel where they, they're trying to transport the Seed of Alario and all that kind of stuff. I think the I think for me, personally, if I can avoid using allies by using the stuff at the Battle Tome, I will. But if there is a gap that I want to fill and it isn't in the Battle Tome, then... I, I don't mind looking at allies, but like putting a fungoid cave shaman in iron jaws because you'll need more command points. You know, I think yeah. it's fine. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing, and it also does open up some conversion opportunities to, um, you know, do some modelling. Like I've seen a lot of KO players using like the Bobble Man bot pack, the backpacks, and doing like mines and stuff like that for a yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which is fine, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with that. I mean, uh, it's you know they've built those backpacks, so they've obviously gone through the pain of doing that. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I, I think honestly, the like allies is just a a caveat of the game that adds rather than takes away, in my opinion. But as a personal preference, you can just say, well, I don't want to use them if I can, and that's fine, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's there so you can take a Jogoth army and you, you can, you're allowed to do that and make it feasible in the world of Warhammer because you can put in two twenties of rot or whatever. Um, obviously, when you've got like a grab bag of really weird stuff, it can feel a bit disgusting, but I think I like it's all just down to taste isn't it and if someone puts in the effort and makes it look dead pretty then that shouldn't make a difference but it does so it's uh like it's one of the most subjective things we could possibly discuss here um i do think the gy- like the gyrocopters is such a great on like on theme way to to handle a lot of things in the armies you've been facing like mortec guard i don't imagine they would like gyrocopters um dispossessed i don't imagine they would particularly enjoy them either um mm-hmm and uh like just having something you don't care about as much as your boats um i think could add in there's the temptation of running them three for 180 tits a bargain but also i think just having like one 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 is uh is really not a bad option and then you're kind of you're closer to i imagine at least the purpose of the eighth wings that you've been popping in yeah yeah i, I guess you don't what you don't want to see is like do we want to see eighth wings in every single age of sigma or the age of sigma army uh, no, <laughs> I guess you know, like because we did see skinks for a while, didn't we, yeah. and stuff. But in a lot of armies, I guess. But them, right? so it's fine. Every chaos army has chaos. That's how chaos works. So yeah, you need to have him, honestly, to, to deal with this rubbish stuff that other people have got. Justify my. He's um, he is pretty good. Like, <laughs> I take ten bellicors. No, I can't. Um, <laughs> so um, I just wanted to. Look, it's quite interesting that you're you're changing your gaming style, and are, are you sticking with KO then? Are they they fitting with you? You're kind of going to keep keep at it, could break through the pain barrier of losing. Yeah, yeah, I actually keep at it with now. I think um, if you asked me that question and I was at a tournament on Saturday and I needed a hundred ranking points. Mm, Maybe Hostuplistus might come out of its little box, and uh, I'll tag some people with no retreat again. But no, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to carry on playing Carriage Overlords. I really, really like my army. I love that I've got lots of boats on the board now. I feel like I'm moving a fleet round, like you always imagine the army to be. Um, 
I, I love what they've made rules wise. I think across the table, the opponents don't always agree when they're getting shot, and your army can be wherever it wants, and that is quite hard to to play against if you're not just going to stand on objectives. But um, I, I, I I really like playing it. I think I think I'll probably go to a tournament and some priority rolls won't go my way or something, or I'll make some bad decisions and and I won't be able to have a forgiving uh, army of guys to hide behind and maybe maybe I won't stick with it but um I I love love playing them right now um yeah you know rage quit and then straight straight away I'm like looking for a game the day afterwards to to play with them again as well so if you want well, to I think otherwise otherwise I'd play I'd probably play host duplicitous I think uh with Zinch still change host duplicitous I think that I think that survived um the points very well and is a very powerful army so you need to go to a tournament with some comp, dude. Sounds like you could be rocking your KO out in a more balanced field and be stomping it. Yeah, but I'll have to make some... Go on, you're, sorry. I, I'm going to make a crash remark, so it's fine. I'm just going to say, you're basically saying that like the K army is like the hot girl that treats you badly, but you still go back because it's the hot girl. Yeah. You're like, That's well, I, I, I love it and I hate it at the same time, so... Uh, no, I get it. I think um, what it's quite an interesting point, and I think that players go through um, this kind of... Uh, it's not really a moral dilemma, but maybe it's a, a dilemma for some of, do I take this thing, which I know is really good, but doesn't generally like engage me or make the other person feel warm and fuzzy inside but gets results or do i take the thing mm. i really like and just accept the fact that it's not and you sort of mentioned there you were like oh actually if i needed the rankings points you'd put your uh you'd basically put your heart away and just take your ruthlessness and your your cold calculating brain and just get this inch out of the box yeah Is i think and Sorry. That's a that's a journey that's a journey you make, right? Like yeah. I, I know I'll make that, I'll get over that, you know, because as much as um which I think Age of Sigma is a, a fantastic game, of course it is. Is it a super competitive and the per- perfect game to play competitively? No, you know, and the game is is uh is quite small the scene you know it's growing so much it's but you know there's still um the, the, like we said the meta isn't I don't like saying that because people bring whatever they want these events are quite chill and they're a lot of fun and I think yeah. once you maybe get over worrying about if you're in the masters and all that stuff like basically the journey you know you always talk about having Russ right you know yeah. you've done you've done the bit that I'm doing now you're cool <laughs> you're gonna bring whatever army you want you I'm over it old? right. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I'm probably older than you, right? Yeah, quite, quite a bit. I think so. But, um, on Monday, but you know. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, and I'll enjoy that more. Like it's good. Lockdown's been good in the not worrying about tournaments. Play what armies want to play with, and the games that are important to the games just against my friend. And it's um, it's been it's been nice in that respect. And it's yeah, rewarding we'll as well when you stick to something, right? So like I know, like. Harking back to when I used to take the Stormcast with the Stardrake, like that army, and I just played like 120 games with that same list. And it was like I was winning some games when people couldn't deal with the Mirror Shield Storch Defender, and then I was winning games with the Shard Fist Pout and, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just, and but then I'd also lose games when you just come up against something that you can't deal with. And for yeah. me, it was like you just get, you, you sort of like, you kind of fall in love with it because you you're like right okay i need to play it on my skin to win this game because i know that it's a really bad matchup 
and it's just like that journey and that's why like i haven't played stormcast in such a long time now other than like you know the odd bit here and there but you know the book inside out and it's like you're the thing that you go back to because it's it's just rewarding like you know we for example like the last tournament i went to was in belgium and i took hallow heart when i should have just took stormcast because i could have gone there not cared and just enjoyed the process of playing the games against the people there instead of taking ultimately like a super competitive list at the time um and not enjoying any of the games because sometimes you want to sort of like it's that thing that it's the challenge of taking an army that perhaps isn't as top end as you'd like and learning with it and like learning those mistakes knowing that if you put it into x y or z on the table that on average it dies or it, it you've just come out on top without having to sort of like math it out um, and i think it's sometimes that's more important like the journey is more important than the win sometimes i think but particularly for me and it seems like you, you can't learn with some armies either that's it if, if your if your thing is i i do I do one, two, three, and four in that order, and sometimes I do one, three, two, four because I'm playing something that's more defensive or whatever, and things don't go according to plan. You, you don't get a learning point out of that. Whereas if you've got your, like, I don't know, whatever it's, let's say seven different war scrolls, 11 drops, cool army that, you know, inside out and back to front, and you turn up and you're like, I got completely smashed there. It wasn't even a game, but my deployment. I'm never going to repeat again against that type of thing. You, you got smashed, you got wiped off the table. Hopefully you still had a nice time chatting with your opponent or whatever. But you do get something to take away from that. Whereas if you just turned up and tried to execute like 15 spells in order and and it didn't work for whatever reason because you had a hard counter, you don't get a learning point. You just like, oh, well, I hope I win the next one. Which is just not the same, is it? I think nearly everybody must go through this decision, right? Like, am I going to bring my best thing? Am I going to bring this army I love? A big one for me. Am I going to bring this army I've just painted? I want to win this painting competition. This army's painted better than this one, or I've just added this awesome unit to it. That's all going on. Yeah. Uh, is Terry going? Can my army even win? No, it can't. Sound like I can bring a bad painted army. So I'll just play <laughs> the army that wins. Um, there's, there's like everyone goes to this, right? And that's how, in the end, nobody does not in a hundred player tournaments, 30 people on Luminef. 30 people on Seraphon and 20 people on other stuff because we all yep. just play everything we love, you know. And if anyone here doesn't go to tournaments all the time, look, the reality of it is there's 100 people, 10 of us really want to win. The other 90 people just really want to be there for whatever reason, you know, and you're going to play against all armies. Sorry. I was just going to say the 10 people who want to win face each other round three and then one of them gets smashed down and, and like suddenly Squigs win the tournament and you're like, oh, don't turn up <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It's really interesting though because like what you were describing with like you don't see 30 people playing X, 20 people playing Y. I remember going to the GTs back in the day when they were... 2008. More long before Seven, that, 2002, 2001. Back when yeah. it was um, the kind of you did see um, like demons, dark elves, vampires, and it was like there's forty demon armies, there's thirty dark elf armies, and I think that's kind of a testament to AOS that there is such variation. Absolutely, it's a lot more. There's a lot more enjoyment even taking a weaker army than than something that is perceived well perceived weaker. I'll use that term. Um, I think as well, like yeah. AOS has got so many permutations of builds, and people just don't experiment enough, so you don't see the impact of them. Um, and I think that's the yeah. thing of you talk about KO about your opponent 
might get frustrated against them and i think a lot of it is it there's a lot of almost gotcha moments with ko because the understanding of how they behave maybe isn't there because the inexperience mm-hmm. and, and i sort of talk about this um when an army book's released or a new faction's released there's this um impact curve where you have the people that don't play a lot outside of events or practice or have not encountered these armies before because their local gamers don't have it they come against these new things and they they haven't sat down mapped it out thought about it and they get caught out because they didn't know how they work because a lot of people play by experience right they play a game and they say, oh, that experience happened. What would I do differently next time? But that time's gone, so that game's lost, right? So if you compound that in an event, then the newer stuff always looks strong because you might say that 50% of those results are based on, oh, I played someone who didn't know how it worked and I won. But if they knew how it worked, their list was more than capable of beating me and in that scenario, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is quite interesting. So... Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It is a, you're right. It's a massive testament to the game. You know, we uh, all love to talk in massive extremes. I talk, we talk tier lists all the time and rank the armies, but the reality is that a lot of them are really close. And I think a lot of times, maybe people will take an army and think they they won't win, or it is a lot worse than these. But I don't have many games of Age of Sigma that are just lost. The people don't feel like they're in it you don't feel like you're doing something even if maybe you have lost and you don't realize it i think there's a lot of people are still you know enjoying what's going on so it's uh it's it's good like uh it's just bad to hear that you know warhammer was like that you know just there's 40 of this and 30 of that it's a shame isn't it so speaking then i'm gonna put you on the spot now so speaking of mm-hmm. tier lists um you're talking obviously you're a silver enough player from old and you paid them a lot Sure. How do you feel about them now, and would you play with them again? Um, yeah, I think you know. I I think the the bad right now. Um, I haven't given them any chance. I haven't tried them myself. Yes, the internet told me that that they're, they're they're poor, um, and, and maybe I've listened a little bit, but I um, I didn't play with them because the tiny little bit I did, I felt I was just so restricted doing all the things they did. There was. Um, a balance between what Terry was talking about and I think what has happened with the book that there was some somewhere in the middle that we didn't quite get to. I think um, a lot of what they used to do doesn't work anymore. And sometimes you just have to forget how a book was and think of it in a new light, don't you? But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, they, they feel so, so great right now. Um, did you did you feel that there was a lot taken away and not enough not enough added and that um actually it just felt like it's not a nerf but it almost felt like a nerf but there wasn't like with the ko they changed massively in flavor but they gained a lot whereas i feel like sylvaneth kind of they had a really good flavor but there was a, a scaling back of some of the rules that that when you actually you get caught out because all the different things work slightly differently. So you had like the teleport from the spell or how you set up a wood from the spell from the tree of ancient, it was all different. So it's like yeah. it kind of like yeah. unified and restricted and the nine away and all that kind of stuff. And a holy within it, it, it maybe made them feel a little bit too restrictive, but I was just interested if there was a part of you that was like, I really, I'm motivated to really make these work and really like deep dive or did you just, 
analyze the book and go i'm time to move on i've played them long enough and and you know i, I want to do something else i mean what, what was the yeah i'm yeah, I never, I never loved them um, in the first place. They weren't an army that I selected for the looks and for um, for the range or the lore or anything like that. Um, I, I picked them at the time. Um, I was very, very new to tournament play, very new. And I, I played KO before when um, they were just busted, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I hate saying words like that, but you know, the guns were the guns were a lot more powerful, yeah. <laughs> um, and the combat was a lot more powerful. I, you know. I, I, I just either wiped them out or I won a prize roll and it was absolutely over. So I wanted to play um, an army that did decide who went first or second. That was the key key part for me. Like, I think that is gen- generally very powerful. There's very few lists that wouldn't want that. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of it. They were doing um, one drops in lots of different ways. At the time, it seemed to me that they had quite a lot of different units that I could use. Um, obviously, it turned out I only really used two or three in the end. But um, yeah, and I, I enjoyed the little journey. Yeah, <laughs> really. I think that's, that's now really interesting. Because yeah, I was going to say, I love dwarfs. The, army, the dwarf armies are really good right now. Fire slayers are really good, and um, and and KO are, are, are good enough and Dur- interesting. Jordan, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yes, yes, so, Jordan. Yeah, yes. You know what you said about the, the Sylvaneth, Richie. Like I played a lot of Sylvaneth in that first iteration of the book. I think like I must have been over 120 games. I can't remember without checking my book, and I loved them initially. Um, and when the second book came out, I, uh, you know, I looked at it and I was just like, it felt like there was something there that nobody had really looked at, and I haven't looked at it myself properly, um, you know. But it's. I played Laurie, and this is going to hurt me to say this. I played Laurie at the uh, the final um, last year, and the Dreadwood formation to me felt like it had the tools to deal with everything. Yeah, um, just because of the being able to deploy. Um, I think with the the sort of like maybe the units, the combat units aren't as efficient, but I think there's definitely a, a competitive. I feel like there's a competitive, aggressive list there, with uh, especially now with the the way that we've got quite a lot of objectives that are spread out. Um, you know, I'm, I might be completely wrong. Like, you know, maybe then maybe I'm talking rubbish. But it's I felt like when I played Laurie, he had the answers deployment wise to definitely deal with the fire slayers that I was playing. Maybe that was the mission. Um, but with the release of the new handbook, the objective games changed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Do you not think maybe looking at that because obviously you can just essentially redeploy, but you've got combat um, and you've got like, almost auto charges with some of the the ender spells. I mean, yeah, you were alone on spells going off, and that's just my my, my initial thought. Yeah, I just I just think that a lot, a lot of things didn't work. Didn't work. I, you know, I think ultimately I haven't given them enough thought. I think no. you know unknowingly Russ has nailed it there where he said you know like I, you know sort of had that journey with them and um, and I, en- I enjoyed it loads and it got me to where I am in Sigma, you know, I had yeah. success. I played a few armies. I got on the England team and, you know, I'd done well. I really enjoyed that first Masters I got to go to where, um, maybe I'm wrong, you're actually three of the other players are here right now, you know, me and Laurie <laughs> for me, you know, if I was looking at that from the other side and, and you know, we knew the pack, we knew the missions, we knew me and Laurie were going to play Wand Up Sylvanath. We were at least the list to beat, maybe not the players, but, um, I guess in your prep coming in, you know, you know from from the outside, said I looked at, I was like, you know, whoa, what's everyone going to bring? And I was thinking, no, it doesn't really matter what everyone else is going to bring. This is what I'm bringing. Everyone knows me and Laurie are going to bring it. 
and we go first in these missions and it's going to be hell to beat us. So I don't I know if had you... the price fold at the time to play yeah. and I conceded to Laurie in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the Masters. He deployed and the game ended. That was did, it. Did you play him in the better part of Valorant? No, I played him in the Scorched Earth and he just yeah. burned all my objectives because yeah. he outnumbered me with a, what, 90 Dryads turn one and I had yeah not enough plague bearers to outnumber mm-hmm. him back so the game it literally he went first teleported forwards did his thing and i shook his hand that was it it's yeah. the quickest I, game at the masters i think you were playing behind me and i was playing yeah. i was playing playing Nambo and i just the same over turn one you know but yeah that's the same i felt about so i enjoyed that you know there we are right to the end that was it played it out really and then we played it a little bit after that you know just because it was still around but we knew it was going we knew the new book was coming and they met the delays for whatever reason and um and that was it yeah and like you say steve's nailed it there in twitch chat and it was nice to see Lottie play my list beautiful (laughs) (laughs) i find that um yeah like it's kind of interesting that I mean I just I just point out that I beat me both with my legion army because I knew it could beat the army, um, but yeah, um, no, fair enough. It was but, you know, but, know, but, but, but in prep it for before. it and deciding what armies yeah, was yeah. that a fair session? You know, assessment for you? Well, I'd already I think we played I played the same list at a heat or a final like very recently before the event, and I was like, well, that's that's fine. I know I can deal with that army, so I'm not too fussed. Yeah. Obviously, scorched earth is a different story. Um, oh, I sure. I think that um, what's interesting is you you kind of pointed that your motivation for starting Sylvaneth was a gaming reason. You said like you wanted to do mm. sort of gameplay and this and that, and then and you weren't. It wasn't about the fact that you were like in love with Sylvaneth as a faction, which I find is really interesting because um, I get the motivation to do an army based on the game experience. I also get the motivation based on the model and the background and I, I all I want to do is make the best game experience I could possibly get from that faction not necessarily that it's the best thing and it's like I would always shoehorn Ar- Arkan into my armies because I wanted to use Arkan not necessarily that was the best choice just sometimes he just turned out to be good um, and I even like when I went Blood and Glory um, with Mixed Death you know it wasn't even legion or it was before legion it was just mixed death and i was up around the top tables um and just lost to byron at the end but it was kind of um one of those things which i think worked really well so it's just um it's just interesting that there are different reasons for um playing the two different uh they sort of go i'm going into it as a as a gamer or I'm going into it as a hobbyist or maybe it's a mixture of both and I think that kind of answers the question why you didn't go back to Sylvaneth because it was a gaming reason and the new um, Battle Tome essentially removed that gaming experience from that Battle Tome so there was no longer that reason yeah, absolutely. I entered, entered it because I wanted to win games of Sigma, and um, you know, you talk about it being a perfect competitive game or, or not or what have you but I I want to win and I treat it like super competitively yeah. so that was yeah. you know how it how it come about to start with and you know what it was a boss journey with it got to know Lottie really well from it you know all the you know the mick taken about who's playing what list and <laughs> me just playing playing a list a month behind Lottie until I caught up when the, you know we he settled on the best one and I played it for a while afterwards you know the communities that rally around each faction you know in the WhatsApp and whatnot and you know people want to ask you questions about your army or cheer you on because you play the, their faction and all that it's it's all is all boss. So I found that with all the armies, gits the same when I played gits for a while and afterwards, and um, 
and that was great. And Gits was boss for other reasons. You know, I played Gits for a while because a friend gave me, you know, 120 Night Goblins. He was like, you know, here, here they all are. Have them. So I was like, right. I already had some Night Goblins and the models of boss, right? The Rangers had just come out. They were all amazing. So, um, I, yeah, I painted, painted a Night Goblin army. And, um, and, I, and I loved it, you know, I I had the, I I made the list that done really well. Obviously, it's a big world, and everyone thinks of the same list at the same time, right? Like it's not mine, but you know, in my heart, I you know I like the same with Ko right now. No matter what everyone else has been talking about Ko, I've switched off from it. I've looked at the book, done it myself, got the got the thrill of building a list that I think was really good. Then then go out to the open world, and yeah, I've done well with it. You know, I got lots of good results, and I could have won a lot more tournaments. And that was a different one. It was like yeah. Now I've cracked it here with a book that wasn't perceived to be very well, that wasn't performing very well, and the army that was mine, and that was a whole different, you know, mm-hmm. love for it. So, well, all right, one one more question from me. So I'm I'm sort of thinking of things as we're going. Um, if there's an army that you're particularly involved with that you enjoy the theme and the hobby aspect, uh, let's say for example Zinch, um, but there's also a power list and people are on it for the game power rather than the background okay How, yeah yeah do you do you ever sit there and go well i've got like this heart list i want to play I, i'm going to akin it to supporting detroit lions and nfl you go i really want to support them but i know it's the bad decision um so you basically nice. say like i i want to play um i want to play i don't know let's say so like one of the zinch less alone factors that you don't see but if i'm playing that i should just play this list because it's infinitely better and when you get to a table people still eye roll you and go oh not zinch again so do you do you yeah, have, not- that? have you had that in a book if is that has that happened no no I, i'm luckily i don't think that's not happened with me, but I completely get where you're coming from. And Ian, uh, who coached just saying with us, he goes to that all the time. Like he's loved some books recently that um, he's and he's had an army for, but then everybody's playing it and it's the list, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't, he wants to do something different, you know, yeah. or maybe, may, you know, maybe, or maybe just is happy just to play that list. That's the best. Um, yeah, it does. It, it puts him off all the time from it. I'm, yeah, no, it's not for me. I guess Carrion Overlords, I loved Beyond No Belief. And, and when I played them the first time around, they were the most busted thing on the table. So, yeah, it didn't stop me. Um, and I, I was, at first, I played a list that was a little bit different because I wanted to have more than one boat. So I played a frigate and an ironclad. But then after a little bit, you know, just I, I just run. Right? Yeah, I ran some mats. Those points turn to this many guns instead of one gun and, and off you go. So... Yeah. yeah, you get into that optimization mode because I had the same yeah, one. I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. And I paint them in Barrett Mornar colours. I end up taking Crown yeah. Cars Ilfin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm mine as Ilfin because so at the time I was super new to it. And there was like people having the age old talk that now I know comes and goes that, oh, you can't play that storm host if they're not painted in the storm host colors, <laughs> you know? So I was like, oh, sugar, I best paint them Zilfin. Um, so but I was like, 
I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I only play Celestial Vindicators with my Stormcast. Only, and that's it, because that's what they look like. <laughs> no, you don't. But like, and people are just like, I'm sure everyone's like, what? No, like, you, that's oh, just what I you played, like you played vanilla. No, I play vanilla Stormcast or I play Celestial Vindicators. Yeah. That's it. Vanilla or Celestial Vindicators. <laughs> you just couldn't, mm. couldn't be bothered to paint Gavriel, right? Mate, I'm not doing Gavriel. <laughs> I just don't have to Sigma. It's a different thing. I'm not that guy. I am that guy in many different ways, but I'm not that guy at Sigma. Uh, that question's perfect for you, though, Terry, isn't it? Um, sorry, Les, that's perfect for you, right? Yeah. There was a, must have been a point where KO were, were, sorry, Stormcast were mental good. Everyone's throwing yeah. hammers down and charging with Gav. You've played Stormcast forever. You didn't play them, right? No, never played it. Never played Gav's yeah. sure charge list ever. Never. I've never played anything other than Vanilla with Staunch Defender on the Dragon or um, Celestial Vindicators with Skyborn Slayers. Um, yeah. I've never done Avils of Haldenhammer. I've never done... They, they literally, it's either a Vanilla Stormcast host or Celestial Vindicators. And that's just something that I've... It's the, the old 40k playing me. I grew up playing 40k. It's like I don't paint my Marines as Dark Angels and then use the Space Wolf book because it's better. For me, Celestial Vindicators are what they are. So they're either generic storm host or their vindicators and yeah it's hampered me if i wanted to play um you know uh you know grab sure charge then you know that's ultimately a better list but i just didn't want i just didn't want to do it it just didn't feel right to me like just because of what like how i'm like deep down like a gw traditionalist like i love the heavy metal painting style if i could paint anyway it'd be like that i love like you know I, i want things to look like they should do in the book i want all the markings to be correct like you know it's the hobby that i grew i love it it's just part of who i am it's like it's it's been with me since i'm 11 and i'm 38 and that is just how i am so like and each to their own some people want to paint their marines you know or their storm host silver and use them as hammers of sigmar don't get me wrong if i was starting a stormcast army now i'd do them silver and i'd create my own storm host and then i'd do whatever i wanted and i'd maybe do it that way but, space yeah, green way, space green way. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's and why harm yourself, way. right? Yeah. Why, you know, you like if you if you paint your art, if you paint your space green army like ultramarines, you, you know, for me, you're a maniac. Like, you know, just paint them some sort of blue army, and you can play them yeah. as white yeah. scars, blood angels, blah 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 blah, and you just get loads more play out the same models. So, yeah, but you might really like ultramarine color scheme or imperial fists. I think it's, it depends on where you come out of the game, and if you're Nick Baton, you just play it's Ultramar for the win, and that's it, you know. <laughs> and, and imperial, I've got an Imperial Fist army, yeah. Of course you oh, do. I've got oh, an yeah. Take as well. It's not right or wrong, the, it? like, it's just a hate. the most show off painted army then, that was why. Yeah. <laughs> I can paint yellow, get on me. That was it. <laughs> oh, I love yellow. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a question then. If, um, if the field was theoretically completely level and you could play anything because you thought it was mega, it did all the things you want out of an army, whether this is with Teo or another army or it's a specific We lost game. someone there if anyone's you... talking, but... Yeah, Byron's oh, breaking up. I think what he's going to ask right. you is if the playing field was completely level and Oof. you could play any of the armies who had all the competitive choices and all the balance you needed out of the game, what would you play? I guess that's what he's gonna. He was asking. I'd, I'd play Cardinal yes. Overlords. Right. Okay. What builds? That I did. The, the the best thing about Age of Sigma for me is uh, it's new. 
Um, you know, I'm sure we've all played Warhammer for a very long time. I played it since I was 11 years old. It took a lot to drag me into 40k again because it's the same. It's I know if you're invested in 40k, it's not the same world. But to me, it's all the same armies that there's ever been. The models are better. The Space Marines are better models. I didn't want to play any of them. But Age of Sigma, it's like when that new release is coming, I'm just like, I cannot wait to see something original. I love the old world as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I just I just love seeing new armies. And KO is the best one of those that they've done for me, really. It was the first um, Age of Sigma one, I think. You know, when it was just like, this is... Because everything else was kind of like a reimagine... Apart from Stormcast, obviously. Other yeah, of course, yeah. Like, it was like other than Stormcast it was the first new take and like Sigmar affied like army and I BRB. thought that the KO just like when I saw them it blew my mind I was just like oh my god this is I think like um, you know there's a picture somewhere of me looking at the picture of the ironclad when Ben, ben showed me it and like my face is just like what is that um, oh yeah I remember just, that stuff yeah it was yeah. just like it just blew my mind what um, build would it be oh, then, Richie? If everything was balanced. Amazing. What, Deepkin, what next one, yeah. So I think KO and Deepkin are the two standout ones for me. And that's um that they're, they're the stuff that I'm always showing off to people, you know, when they come into store and that you know they're, they're sort of talking about Sigma, they used to know the old world. Ooh, what happened to what happened to me elves or whatever, you know. Well, now that now I've got an easy answer there, they are look at them, they're amazing. <laughs> but um yeah, it's, it's that, that's it. Like, okay, it was my favourite one of those. So, but I'm lucky. I didn't play Warhammer for uh, for ages in in the later part of my twenties and thirties and that. So, I am um, loads of the stuff's new to me, really. Yeah, what, what build it. would it be then? What build would it be, Richie? It's what, boss. Even balance list that you said earlier on, Byron. Sorry. <laughs> So, Byron, Byron, I'm not near Byron at all. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I so, his, I think his thing dropped. His internet, so he's got like a little bit of having problems. Problem. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, you were saying what build saying, would you play in Cardron? Like, yeah, sorry. What you're doing. I don't know. I've If I was gonna play Cardron at a tournament tomorrow, I would play um, two Endron Masters with Endron harnesses. Uh, I would give them Great Tinkerer and eyepiece of ocular something that makes you be able to stare at people from early, really far away and stare really, really hard at them and uh, and do three shots, three tier twos to win, run one D3 damage. So I just like basically an extra gun in your army with a couple of artifact choices. Um, I would then play Iron... Sky Attack Squadron or Ionis Attack Squadron. I always get the two names of those yeah. two mixed up with two frigates and two Arcanaut Company. Then I would play an Ironclad um, with two units of 10 Thunderers, three units of three Aether Wings, and that's my army. So that's what I've been, uh, that's what I've been playing with mostly. And uh, that would be my choice. There's, a, there's a quite a bit of flex in that. Uh, in in a cool like in particular, and the heroes and the artifacts. If I decided I wanted to nod towards uh, like Lumineth and Seraphon, that I'd have to play test against those armies and see if I could leverage the matchup or what the matchup was even like, really, with you know some character choices and that. Because the navigator is really good um, at slowing movement down, but I guess and it'll be good in like, like I've just said about 
if you look at the top lists, they don't particularly fly. And yeah, the odd character does, but I'm not fussed if Teclas flies or not, whatever. Um, but I am fussed because I reroll one hit against him. But you know, whatever. I'm not bothered about where he moves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can move around where he wants. I'll find him. I'll find him. Um, but the like, yeah, in you know, down in the trenches, rounds one to three or whatever, someone's randomly going to have a dragon that would crush my army if it got, got hold of me. So maybe it'll be maybe it'll be good against them. Yeah, that, that's that's the list that I like. So it's Zilfin as well. Um, so I've got the Zilfin move to do things to steal objectives with the Thunderers, two units of Thunderers, because uh, I like to be able to split them when I do the Zilfin move, jump out, take multiple objectives, or just leave 10 guys behind and then still be able to fly around with the other 10. I like the attack squadron because, again, it allows you to move your boats and then get out um, within six of the boat and only three away from the opponent. So it's another way to get onto objective if they've made, if they've let me in. Um, yeah, that's the army I like. It's got a bunch of boats. They fly around as a fleet. They heal each other. Looks awesome. Yep. Got everything, got everything for me. I really, I really, really, really like it. I think there may be some tweaks, but it's pretty solid. Good, good point to kick off from. Sweet. Right. No, I bet it looks awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I think we're, we're basically um, over our hour now, so I think we'll yeah. wrap up there. But before we we stop this sort of interview segment, um, is there anything you want to plug or talk about? Um, have you got an event coming up at your place or anything like that that's uh, available? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, well, you should, you should listen to me if you've enjoyed um, hearing what I've got to say. Uh, I talk about Age of Sigmar now, 40k a little bit. Uh, every week we're recording right now and the podcast is called Just Saying obviously you can find it um, on all your podcast app thingies or uh, you can find it on our website justplaygames.uk and yeah we talk about stuff all the time and um, and yeah you know ask me any questions you can find me on Twitter um, or here's supper again hello at justplaygames.uk and you can get in touch with me there and happy to happy to talk and give some feedback on anything you want to do uh, events wise it's tough right now, isn't it? I, yeah. <laughs> um, I I do have an event coming up. Um, we've got a sixty-four player two day, which is very sold out and very oversubscribed on a on a wait <laughs> list as well. <laughs> um, so that, but that is that that that's happening in the middle of November. So if maybe you can't make or you want to follow along with what will be one of the few big events this year and since the um, General's Handbook. You know, can they, we'll be doing a little bit of coverage there, um, updating on what's going on and seeing what armies people take and things like that. Hopefully, we don't see anything to stop that going ahead. We've um, put all the measures we can in place to adhere to government guidelines and suggestions and restrictions and what have you. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to excited to run that and see what's going on. Um, should be should be a spicy one, hopefully. So be a bit different, very uh, very different. Hopefully Amazing. we can get up to one eventually, Richie. I know I've been promising to come up to one a couple of times, um, but like yeah. we, we need to really get up. Hopefully, I'll somebody along. I think Byron's not far down the waiting list. I think he's about third or nah, fourth, so he's he's close to to getting a spot. There's always some dropouts in that, isn't there? So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, see the world's not in the best place right now, and more more and more things coming into place, lockdowns and whatnot. So we'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for coming on and, and spending some of your weekend with us. Really appreciate that uh, to come and talk about Age of Sigmar. Uh, thanks for people watching. Uh, obviously, FaceTime Worldwide is going all weekend, so get on the Discord. We we do have a little bit of restriction around the amount of people that can sit in the video channel to 25. Uh, however, the general chat's there. You can post your entries for the competition, uh, and I'll be t- putting the streams on Twitch. So uh, I think the next one's uh, shortly. Um, so at so six, I think we got James Tins alive haven't we i think so we got a little bit yeah. of a so i've got a bit of time no. so i can build my uh build my guy because all my elements stuff just turned up so uh, i'm oh, yeah, we had the doorbell ring. <laughs> <laughs> i know just get me sorted for all your painting yeah. competitions and all that as well i think i've got most of them sorted but uh yeah amazing i can't wait to uh, do that we've linked oh, just play podcast in the general chat if you've not heard of it and the discord i'm sure that you know most people will have done so just uh, if you click on that link it'll take you straight to the podcast that richie and ian do and the boys up there so and hopefully we can get this on youtube and we've done a video where we talk about some of the entries from face hammer last year and richie's fire slayers features on that so if you want to check those out and his uh, beautiful glow effects he did on his full army back, full army this year boys. <laughs> full army nice i expect to see the submission <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what I'll be entering. <laughs> full, full lot for that this year. So shame it's shame it's not in person. Really, really, really was looking forward to that. So um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think like that's why we decided to do this is is to because normally we would be at Element, we'd be having the event, and you know we'd all be together. And I, I, I you know, it, we figured we'd do something for the guys to get their hobby fix without been able to go and game so uh difficult time right now but events will return and when they do uh, watch this space so all right well thanks very much thanks for watching guys and we'll chat to you soon awesome cheers richie cheers richie face hammer merchandise is available from elementgames.co.uk head over to the website and type face hammer in the search bar to see the full range from custom dice in a multitude of colours, paint racks to hold Vallejo Scale 75 Games Workshop and many more ranges of paints, and objective markers to make sure you never miss an objective again during match play, head over to elementgames.co.uk and search for Face Hammer. So if you want to support the show, pick up some cool gamer swag from the Element Games web store and level up your hobby. Welcome to Face Hammer Worldwide. Interview number two with some would say the support actor Richie, uh, James Tinsdale from the Just Play crew. Um, Yeah, that's it. Well, we basically had him on first because we knew that basically um, he knows what he's talking about and uh, you you could come and regurgitate. Plus, then I wouldn't be able to copy anything and repeat it. So, So, so if Richie. So, so if Richie was Coldplay, what's Tinsdale? I've got no idea about this music, man. It's like. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying it. I'm like, I'm saying something. It's like, so if Richie was Coldplay, Tinsdale can be someone like, I don't know. I don't know. He's like a hipster Boy zone. band. Boyzone, yeah. Elbow, yeah. elbow is that a band? Boys to Men. Elbow, that'll do. Elbow, yeah, Elbow is a band, yeah. It's one of them indie bands that people like, not me. Right, okay, so um, thanks for coming on, James, um, as you're sort of sweeping around and, uh, and <laughs> getting ready. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah. We thought we'd uh, have you on to talk about Crouch and Overlords, but Richie's already covered all that. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, 
So just he has though. No, but well, there's different perspective on this stuff. So uh, we'd like to talk to you a little bit. Uh, so would you want to give you us a little bit of insight of who you are and why we're talking to you? Why you started? Why you? Come yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons you, you you're talking to me is because you feel sorry for me. The other one is. Um, for, you know, with my named characters and my narrative armies. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm a war gamer like everybody else. I play at the Just Play Club with Richie, who you saw before, Richie and Ian. Um, also do the podcast, the Just Saying podcast as well. So um, sometimes I'm on that. So you might have heard my very high-pitched voice before on that. You might think, where is that annoying sound coming from? That's where. Um, yeah, I, I play at as many events as I can. Um, I'm trying to do more team events because I, I really like the team dynamic aspect of, of AOS as well. Uh, and this right, and it goes into that, especially if you've got really flexible teammates. Obviously, not everybody has a big collection, so um, sometimes you're a bit, you're a bit confined to what they have. But yeah, so I try to do more of those. Um, try and get up and down the country, play as much AOS as I can. Um, probably an AOS addict. Um, try and do, well, well, I've got like 15 armies now, right? And... I'm just about to yeah. do my Paragon Overlords. I'm doing my Bone Splitters currently. I'm also going to do my Lumineth um, yeah. for the end of the year. So um, I can't possibly play all of them. So this is my- uh, and Carriage are probably my favourite army, uh, even since I started AOS. Um, so that's so it's nice to be able to talk about them. Um, but my plan was always to during lockdown do Zinch and KO. You know, with the Aether War Box. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It never happened because I got so invested into my zine. Mm. I didn't. We. Really, I really underestimated how long it would take to do 200 plus model horrors to the level I wanted to do them at. Because once you've done the first 10, you think, "Oh, that looks really nice," and then you think, "Wait a minute, I've got 190 to do, and I can't. I've got right. the same standard." Yeah. Um, it all, like, it's that point. Like, so as we're all four of us guys are, like love painting and all four of us like to be competitive and then you realize that you like you can't be one and the other like if you, you you have to make compromises somewhere um, yeah which, you know i think as time goes on i really because you know, now maybe to a terrorist that maybe a year ago or so um i look at a model now and i'm like oh, i really like to paint that you know and i have no intention of playing it but i'd really like to just paint that model because it's i love the model or, or the miniature and stuff yeah. And sometimes now it's starting to distract me from gaming. Like some of the lists I write, I'm like, no, no, but I have to have this model in because I love this model. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm not, and I know that doesn't come across when uh, I run four crawlers or I'm running. Back in- <laughs> <laughs> I really love that crawler model. That crawler <laughs> yeah, model. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, my, that's my, one of my favorite models. Uh, uh, just answer this. Just answer this. They've, they've got all the crew on, right? Those crawlers. Yeah. Yeah, and they've all got names. They've all got um, names. I bet they have. <laughs> One, two, three, and four. Yeah. yeah. Four. But, but it's nice, but also it's also like like a competitive challenge to go to an event, maybe to set yourself a target. I want to win three games, I want to win four games, whatever your target is. For me, painting is I would like to enter an army in a painting competition and try and get a nod. You know, there are armies there that I see have taken people years that are so cleverly converted or painted. Um, with techniques that yeah, I don't even understand. But I would like to be able to play play filth, but in a way where I'm proud of my army. You know, like it's, yeah. I've put a lot of time into it as well. So it's not just three color ready over the weekend sort of thing. Um, and obviously with Zinch, as the summer went on, they got hit with, with two points changes. So I'm still persisting. Because um, obviously I had more models that I painted that now maybe don't fit in the list for balance reasons. But um, so the, my collection is even bigger than the just horrors I painted. And now I've added Bellacore 
Um, of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> so, because I love the model, um, the resin, you know, <laughs> the old resin Castellacor, you know, what a great model. Um, yeah. You know, I bought him purely for gaming reasons um, when I switched to the Berserker's host. Um, but again, he, he'll be a nice piece because my army is just horrors. So you look at my army, you think, oh, it's one horse scroll. You think, well, true. But I've got like a couple of other models now that can be set in pieces I, of paint. I can quite happily say that when people look at your army, they don't. That is not the thought that comes in their head. It's one horse ah. scroll. I think the thought <laughs> that comes in their head is. We can't say that on radio. But no, look, <laughs> look at this guy. Look at with this his gold guy. Limbs and his belt. Without sleeves. He thinks yeah. he's hot. Look at him. He's done he's a gonna, selfie. Yeah, take a selfie. He's, he's named all his horrors. You know what? No one's ever said no to a selfie when I asked him. And then I say, can I show it on the line? They're like, no, go ahead. You know, like, no, no one ever says, actually, no. Next time you ask me. Right I know. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to say, well, I haven't done it now. I didn't do it at eggs. And I didn't do it before because Mr. Morton was saying um, to me that some people like, maybe feel like they have to do it because I asked them. You know, you put people in a social situation where you're like, can I take a picture of your face? And they go, uh, yeah. You know, it's a bit... So I thought, I've, I've sort of rained off now and now I just take pictures of the table. I think as I long thought, as they oh, don't know what you're doing with the picture, it's fine, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, they don't know what I'm doing after. Like, they think it's, it is on Twitter, but then afterwards, there's a whole different collage, and, you know, you can yeah, sell he's a lot. Like a, he's, he's got, got a picture on his wall, his hobby room of all the vanquished. He's got, like, like red mark crosses for a wall. Got that he's, got, uh, he's got a little <laughs> wooden box that he keeps under his bed. And he's, yeah, what everyone doesn't know. All these pictures like between glass there. slides, just, like, in a... Well, Mr. Spink has got a list of all the monsters he wants to kill. I've got a list yeah. of every player in the UK, and I'm just crossing them off. Got that, guy. got that guy. A bit of travel crossing this one off though, isn't there? Oh, snap! He <laughs> knew that was coming. Shot. I haven't. I've only, I've only played Russ once and lost that as well. So, and I've never played Byron at an event. I've played Les. Les has beat me before. Um, I've watched you beat Les. <laughs> is that yeah. good for you? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Terry was just so good. Like, he was like, yeah. It, it was I'm, a, I'm a really good. Doing. I'm a really good loser as well, aren't I? In the sky and... To be fair, when it comes down. That was like, me and Sam Davis were going to go home early because I'd had enough of that blood and glory. But yeah, it's like, I mean, Tinsdale's got to experience both sides of me because apparently I'm a really bad winner, but I'm an even worse loser. We've also been drawn at events where we're not on a level playing field. Like when I had your brotherhood, I was I was super favoured in a team event. Um you, you made a game of it, but there's only so much you can do. Um, at the, at the Bull and Glory, again, that KO were filth back then. So you had very few options. So it was like, either come down and go for it, or you just shoot me off anyway. Um, we did have one with the Deepkin and the Nurgle, I think, was that... Was that a face hammer a couple of years ago? No, or? That, was, that was eggs, wasn't it? The when I eggs. turned up that late. That whole was even game, and it came down to like I think the last turn. No, I played like I played like a mug, didn't I? Like I come on with everything. I played like a mug in three yeah. places. But that matchup we've had, yeah. um, and and obviously with Sylvan FF one was a whitewash because I was yeah. that was my first ever event. I was clubbing seals then, wasn't I? Yeah, I didn't even know that Sylvan have had a thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was just pushing my goalkeeper forward because that's what you do in the shop, don't you? And I was like, he's going to yeah. kill everything. And then he went, no, I'm just going to bring these six hunters out of this wood. And I was like, what, so what do they do? And he was like, oh, I'll show you. And then Dirk, did everything. like 36 damage. Yeah, that was it. It's like, how much did he do in like 36? Make those six saves. Yeah. <laughs> big D, back in the day, big taking names. So that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's you, big D. All right, okay. Um, that's me. So... 
Um, so you haven't been playing OS that long then compared to some of us on this? No. Um, Did you get to about two, the same time as Richie or was a bit after? Just before, um, but about two and a half years. Because um, I had done it in the summer and I think Richie's first event was the January heat with his KO after because he went on his own because we didn't really know each other then hmm. um and i started playing in just play store just after that so um yeah about that about two and a half years um two seasons in in tournament scene uh, and a good year of that is just you meet an overwhelming amount of people you know when like you you're not remotely familiar with the community you haven't played fantasy battle you don't know anybody the first time you go to an event and everyone's so welcoming and everyone talk you know Talks, it's just happy to talk hobby, uh, and even when they're not, they have a beer afterwards, they talk about football, and if wherever they're into, um, there's just so many like minded people. You, you can just end up, you, I think, in the first year, I want to be interested to see. I reckon you meet 100 people that you regularly would, would talk to, yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. But like just at events, you would meet these people, you'd happily talk to them, you know, you get on really well. Um, so there's a lot of people when you come into the the scene or, or, or the hobby that, that go to just these events. And, the, and that's not including like the 100,000 that just go and whatever community or play in their own bubble or their own hobby, you know. These are just the tournament people. So, yeah, uh, two and a half years uh, I've been playing. Yeah, and um, obviously just for the hobby journey then, where did you kind of start and what's your what's your kind of... Um, your, you sort of touched on the armies you've played, but um, you played a lot of deep kin and things like that. So we were having quite an interesting chat with Richie where we were talking about the motivation between the armies that you play. And I was saying that he started doing Sylvan F from a gaming point of view. It was yeah, it's a tough year for me, that. We did that. <laughs> I asked him to reconsider because I brought a <laughs> against a one-drop, minus-one-to-hit army every week. And that was... It, I think it made me better at the game. Yeah, um, but it was horrific, especially when you added the bird, the the frost phoenix with the one up save. So when love he, that. Yeah, can't, when he copied can't play that enough. Yeah, loved that. Yeah, when you can't <laughs> it, have you got rend? No. But but Richie said he doesn't like allies, so it's fine. No, of course, no, and that, that, yeah. is, that is his official line until he sees the war scroll. <laughs> I don't like really allies until the war scroll gets me. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm like, what are doing in your army, Richie? Yeah. Well. Actually, yeah, they're actually quite good. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so what yeah. I was going to ask you is, um, where do you approach collection of an army? Is there a gaming element, or is it model first, gaming second, or is it a bit of both? Or So it's always models first. I know that sounds silly considering the lists I run. <laughs> um, but it is because when I first went into the Warhammer shop, my first time especially at Courts, I loved the ghouls. I loved the narrative of the delusion around them. Um, I love the theme of the army. I, I was never obviously running any competitive lists at that point, but I still had loads of fun playing my army. I still have my army that I'm repainting as Morgan, and I'd run a similar list like I did to the Shires. Um, again, tough list, but because I, I, I just love the ghouls. Um, so, the, so that is one. But I think over time, there are certain times when, like the Masters that I've yet to attend, or or a big event where I'm like the competitive element in me, and I think this stems from having a competitive club as well. Um, when you go to the, the Just Play Club, like JP, Richie, Ian, they're bringing hard lists. And if you want to play more than a turn or two, you need to bring a, a decent list. So I think it, it's evolved into, there are times when I love the models and I would collect an army for the models to a couple of armies, namely Zinch, um, that I would do for gaming reasons because I enjoy competing 
as hard as I can in certain events. I, I don't think I would take, I'll say this to Richie, I don't think I would take Duplicit as host to the Just Play event. I could do, but I think the gaming experience you'd get from that, given the audience at the event, I could achieve the same result with maybe a KO list or a call list. I could still go four and one, for instance, right, with all these other lists. Duplicitous host isn't nailed on the like, for five zero. So, but I would have, we, but we both would have taken Z to the Masters because the aim at the Masters is sixteen players is to win. Mm. So that's where our Z armies were going to go. Um, obviously, that that's come and gone now. That's that's never happened. So now I'm just stuck with a massive Z horde that I will play. But you have to sort of weigh it up because um, it's very stressful playing the Bissett's host. You don't kill anything, and you just take models off to then be killed the next turn. You know, you're just replacing tokens all game. Uh, maybe you cast a few spells, you enjoy that a little bit, and then you cast Infernal Gateway, maybe you kill a support hero, maybe you kill a liberator, um, and then you carry on. Um, but yeah, I think predominantly models first, because I think you have to, because you have to, because most people aren't like me, they're not like an addict where they'll buy every army. They'll, like, they'll buy an army they like, because of the models they like, and they'll try and find the hardest lists within it if they want to compete, or they'll just play the army they have, which I think is a really healthy way to go. Yeah, so... Um... What about Crouching Overlords then? So you're you've you've got a list you've you've settled on, or are you you still we got loads of lists. So this is probably an evolution of like so me and Richie for the last two or three months because I because I wanted to do my KO in lockdown and me and Richie have been talking about KO lists for ages um, ever since the book came out. I want you know everyone, you know people don't know this, but it, you know when we were in the faithful chat, I always wanted to do KO. I was I went on the Warhammer TV did the show and the plan was to do it after that. Um, but then I got sidetracked with Zines during lockdown and that took me way longer than it should have done because my daughter's arrived now and it is hard um, to have the same time to commit to painting. You know, you can't just sit down for four hours and work on a unit that you really know needs weathering, needs blending, needs all these things you need to do to it. You've actually got 30 minutes, so you just paint the armour and wash it. Um, yes. So, but yeah, so Carriage of Lords was my second army back when the first came out, you know, so after effect, I did Carriage of Lords. And the book came out, and I loved and the mo- and again I loved the models. Um, I had no idea the rules when you see the models, obviously. But at that point, I wasn't really playing super competitive. But by the time I got the army, uh, it was the it was the clown car, Zilfin, Mega Drop list. You know, it was so I played that for a little bit, and I played Mister Carmichael at it, um, and I played Les with it, um, at, at Blue and Glory. So there's only so much run you have in that. And then when I listened to your cast at the time, you were getting into KO and you weren't sure about playing the clown car, and then you made up this story about all these creative lists you had, and then actually rocked up the clown car, which I thought was amusing, because that's exactly what I would do. Um, and then uh, and then you got off it as well. I just thought, I'll wait, you know, I'll wait for the next book. Yeah, yeah, I've still got the models. And then when the, when the book came out, <clears throat> I reordered the whole army, because I wanted to repaint it again. Because now my painting's improved. I was like, I want to I do a different scheme, diff- try some different stuff. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, and that's with the Carriage Overlords. What attracts me to Carriage Overlords is just the models first, always. <clears throat> like, I know it's a hard armor to play now. And I'd happily go two and two and three at an event with KO, you know, and not feel, oh, I've got nothing out of that weekend, you know. Because um, I'm sure a lot of people think I'm sort of back a gamer where it's not five and oh, I'm screaming in the car on the way home and I'm called, <laughs> phoning people up saying check this rule for me does you sure this how it works <laughs> man I've, but, I've uh, had a call from you when you're, you're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had about eight this call why did I bother why why did I pick AOS 
Um, so yeah, so there's that as well. Um, but I think the crowd and overlords, if you were looking from the outside in, they're an army that's almost at odds with the rest of the game. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. They're very unique. The okay army, aren't they? Like, you know, almost. Yeah, they, they, the mindset is very different, right? AOS wants you to be objective, you know, thinking about objectives, thinking about approach play, thinking about counter-reaction play. Couch and Overlords really is like the student-shoot aggressor that doesn't ever want to be charged, but kind of needs to be on objectives. So it's like, what do, what do you do? Because you get, I mean, anyone who's played Couch and Overlords knows when you get charged, it's bad. Yeah. That's when models start coming off. And by coming off, I mean, you point to your side tray of guys in the boat and go, that guy's dead. Because <laughs> they never on the table. But yeah, yeah um, <clears throat> that's when it gets rough. So yeah, so the character of Lords, that's I, I love the aesthetic. I love I love dwarves, if we can say that Um I love the steampunk aesthetic. And I quite like the idea of the garrison rules and everything that goes with it. So I really just like the army. And I, I love Brock Brunson. Um I have him, I'm gonna paint him, I am gonna run him. <coughs> Whether that's an event or not, I don't know. <laughs> because I'm, I'm very I'm very fortunate that I can play hard games at the club three or four times a week if I wanted to in my local area. I know not everyone has that. So when I talk about lists and I talk about stuff I'm going to play, a lot of stuff I play never sees an event because I play it in the shop a lot. Yeah. And my bonus yeah. is army. I wouldn't, I just, I, I play, you know, I could play that 10 games and there'd never be an event and people are like, oh, he's not running his bonus, but it's like, like, I played it. People just don't see it because you're at your local club. So, um, yeah, it's so people don't even see that really that that tournament side of you when you walk up to an event with a hard list. You think, oh, whatever does it play hard lists? But I remind everybody. Look, last year I took Olinda, Kurdos, a black coach, a, a real one to one event, um, <laughs> to two events, a heat at the Warhammer World and eggs. Um, and it didn't end well, did it? it? Didn't end well. But I had a great time playing my models. <laughs> Yeah, because that arm is really nice. I like the way you painted it with the glowing skulls. In fact, I borrowed that. The same um, as that scheme. Yeah. yeah. I had a really awkward moment, though, when some guy's crystal gold dragon charged my black coach. And I was, because I'm ethereal, so I failed my saves. And I was like, and he was like, oh, you're ethereal, what if I miss? And, like, and he rolled like three sixes. And he was like, that's like uh, 18 mortal wounds. And, he, and I was like, and he was like, do you not get a death save? I was like, it's not here, mate. Yeah. Just see it later. Just took it off. And he was like, oh, wow. I'm like, mm. yeah. So you just love like Crystal Gore. I see JP in the chat. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm charging all the other like raw sixes. Yeah, I was like brutal. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but, it was, but I really enjoyed playing that as well. Um, so yeah, so I played lists like that as well. So, but Carriage Overlord's really good. Um, the evolution like of the lists me and Richie have been doing starts really with Iron Sky Attack Squadron because we, we feel it's the best way to play objectives with the army. To get out and get in yeah. after you've made a fly high or a move is really useful to the army. And a 3d6 charge is big as well. To get on to that last bit of the unit that you've shot, to get onto the objective, um, it, 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 it can come up a lot in a game. So we, we did, on our show, we talked about, and I did a couple of lists, and one of them was a one-drop, and, and I was sort of thinking how important is it to dictate the turn or to alpha. With things like Mirafi and Teclis and things like that, is the alpha strike more important, or do you think that it's more important to go like Iron like iron Attack Squadron, have less drops, and like, because I don't know if you can do that and Iron Sky Command to get your no. concise dropped. You can do. 
So when I saw your lists and stuff, I, I think the double battalion or is definitely a way to go. Um, I think it depends on your play style as well. If, if you really like, because I know Gary and some, and some other guys love the uh, the, the one-two drop with the start on the bottle with the warp lightning vortex. You know, you go in early, you go hard. Um, so yeah, that's one style, and it definitely has results. Um, the, the issue with that is, and maybe we should discuss. We've been back and forth a lot on this, but you blow yourself and move to do it. You're all in on that. Your opponent, a good opponent, really should deploy better. Um, you shouldn't be vortexing the whole army, really. No. Um, and you're all in. If that doesn't work, and you don't, because you're still D three damage, and you still have to do the four up on the vortex. But you don't um, have to do it on the first turn. Then you don't. No, you have don't to take first turn. You don't. But the problem is, if you don't do that, they have a chance at killing the chemist. And they're on. And if they're onto it, and they have ways to do it, you might never get that spell off. Um, for instance, if it was me, and you were playing my host, you'd have sixty shots into a chemist turn one with a teleport to kill him. Um, Sentinels will kill him. Techless will kill him. Croak will kill him. Um, Crawlers will kill him. Um, people will come after that chemist if you give the turn away. Um, but, but, no, but but maybe not. Um, but that's certainly one way, and I'm sure you could have great success with that. The reason me and Richie, I think, favour the the squadron. We like to play. We like to kid ourselves in thinking we can play five turns of clever Warhammer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're playing objectives. I'm not just alphaing you. I'm doing lots of clever things that make me feel really clever. And then I win the game at the end on scenario. And you've got you've still got loads of bits left, but I've done enough. Um, I think that's more of a rewarding game. Yeah. I think against certain armies, you need to have a plan B. And the problem with the Vortex list is it does have a plan B, but the plan is still the same. It's just when you execute it. The Vortex is still coming out. The army still wants to hit your key things with it. It wants to create a kill zone around that Vortex. So your opponent knows that. Whereas I think with a more varied list, it doesn't do as much damage, but it does play loads of different parts of the map at the same time on the other board. It, it doesn't need to be as concentrated as a Vortex list. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But that's the route we've been going. That's the games we've played. We're on, you know, Richie was quite big. He's convinced me on the engine masters with the hardest because the healing does matter. Um, and they catch people out with the hammer attacks, I think. And the gaze command trait where you give him plus two shots. And he does three shots, threes, threes, minus one, D3. It's with a bit of extra poke. Long range. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the way you can go. And I think <clears throat> getting mileage out of your Arcanauts is, um, is another one that's, uh, I think... A lot of Cowardrome players don't do. They see them with attacks, they don't like them. They're 90 points, the 9-inch pistols don't really do anything um, when you fly high. So it's like, what do you do with this unit? But really, they are, in the attack squadron, they are how you win the game. You know, they're the unit to kill if you're an opponent because they're going to get on an objective, they're going to stand on it, they get buffs of being near it. They, they're a four-up save, right? So, and they can, and they can re-roll with the gold in that key turn. Um, and they're, they're okay they can reward the battleship tests as well and you know so all of a sudden they're braver yes it's an issue but if they get a chip D3 damage on them and let's say you lose two lads you're probably still hanging around um, and they can get back in the boat and then it can fly high etc so I don't know they're not using them more I think is what we've been trying to do and how because the Thunderers are really cool I, I'm not convinced on the Riggers and Wardens in that style of list I think they're much better in the Vortex list. 
um, because they hitch and they can come down and do additional damage um, and we can give them bigger guns and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's there's those. That's the thought of the list. You know, you either go the low drop vortex, or you go six seven drop. You have a null deploy, and in some games you will have the choice. Some games you will have the choice. So, are you always playing Zifflin? Yeah, in- we've never. experimented. With, we've gone with Mornar. But I'm probably more into Mornar than Mitchy is. But the problem with Zilfin is the Zilfin move is such a great tool at any point in the game that it, should, it can win you the game on its own. To be able to move in the hero phase, whether it's because you, you can still auto run six with Zilfin. So in the hero phase, I can still run that boat. I don't have to fly high if it's not ideal. Because a lot of people think, oh, you've got to fly high. But you can just, because you fly, you run over the top of a unit into a back objective. Then it's now actually moving. Really restrictions. Yeah. Now, 10 Thunderers just drop out in your movement phase, and they can then be three, is it six away? Or three over a garrison, whatever it is. I think it's three away, but then six of the boat. And they can unload into that, that 10-man unit on the back objective, charge, yeah. finish them off with their little re-rolls, um, yeah. and the bird's pecking at them. And then th- that can get you four points on a back objective, you know, and that can be massive. Because now all of a sudden you turn the army around, the opponent, because he's got to come and deal with it. And when you've got an ironclad sat there as well, it's quite, it's quite good. Um, so yeah, it's a big deal. I think, but that trumps Mornar because a lot of people talk about the staff, the glaive staff of Mornar, and yes, it's very good, but it's within twelve. So what does you the can, staff do? Just for people who might not know, anybody that's within twelve in the combat, start combat charge phase, you can pick them. You half the charge. Yeah. So for instance, if you're a teleport unit and you're nine away, very difficult to charge the boat. Because you, well, you can't, can you? Because yeah. <laughs> you're nine away and it has to I say, yeah, very yeah. difficult or impossible. Yeah. Well, because some, yeah. some people have buffs, don't they, to charge. It's like, if you're yeah. Gav, Gav's like, what is that little stick you're waving at me? Well, come on, lads, yeah. let's go. Or um, your marauders that just go, yeah. whatever, like the fastest <laughs> charges in the world. So it's very difficult, but some units yeah. can do it. Um, but other, outside of that, and, and the reason why I think Zolfin also trumps is because the frigate's a battle line. Yeah. Um, so you're not you're not locked in like you are with Mornar, where you have to take um, three units, at least a couple of Arcanauts, or depending on who your general is, um, some Riggers or Wardens, because that that, that, that kind of locks you into a 190 point hero you don't really want to take, because um, he's, you know, he's, he's he's so expensive. Um, whereas you really want to be taking the cheaper heroes like a chemist, chuck him in a boat, and have your boats be battle line, because that gives you freedom in terms of the very few points you have on bodies to spend them on other things that you want your army to do. And I think Zilfin has both of those keys. Um, I do like, I also do like, um, is it Urbaz? Well, it has a gun hauler battle line. Yeah. For the same reason, because you can put all your little heroes in a gun hauler. I think Tom, has Morty been doing this? Um, you, need to but, have the, um, you need to take the engine work, don't you? So. Yes. So um, you, obviously you're probably going to run it in an Iron Sky command battalion or the one that has a gun hauler in, whichever that is. You get your extra engine work. That goes on your gun hauler. It's your little battle line unit as well. Because um, another thing that we you do with KO is when you construct lists, all these extra bonus points you can score on the scenarios now in the general's handbook, they come into effect because they really matter for KO. Because if you can get your behemoths on like focal points on those objectives like an ironclad, those additional bonus points might actually mean I don't need to push the middle of that game. You know, I can put my opponent under pressure. Yeah, what's your take though on um, because obviously, like if you become, if you're a behemoth, 
and you become a battle line unit, are you still a behemoth? So, because we've, have, there's we an have FAQ for a couple of books that say and animal tribes, but there isn't but they for mention the unit specifically. But there isn't yeah, but they mention- KO, is it? No, there isn't one. So, saying they're both. So we've been playing it as one, right? As but, your choice, or it's battle line? Uh, well, we've been doing it as a house rule as one. But because the two FAQ specifically mention those units, they don't mention Behemoths in general. They mention the units. Yeah. Um, I think you'd have to apply that it scores double. Um, it's probably one for the, for, the, for the studio team to look at to see how they want to rule it. But ultimately, there isn't. It's hard. We've been playing it as one. So if you battle line, you battle line. And if you're an Ironclad, you're a Behemoth. And that's it. Like, that's how we've been doing it. But I think, I think, I think that's how clear in how I would play it because obviously convention dictates that when those FAQs come out, there wasn't this issue with KO, so they, they weren't going to be mentioned. So uh, No, of course. And, and when KO came out, the General's Handbook wasn't out. Um, yeah. So it's probably something that probably... I'm sure the studio team will address it. Um, but for right now, I'm playing as that. Frigate's a battle line, and we always play Clan as a Behemoth, and that's it. Like, um, just just the simplicity of scoring. Because if you start doubling up on keywords, which may, I mean, if that's the way the studio team want to rule it, that's fine. But I think if you start, the score gets a bit silly then. Because now you're double scoring on everything. And you can, because the boat's quite a big base, you can fit it with multiple objectives. And I don't think that's the intention. So, um, but we'll see. That's how we're playing it currently. And I, I think at an event as well, that's how I would play it. You know, if I was at an event and there wasn't a ruling, um, which I'm sure there would be. I think, I'm sure TO would rule it the same way, but um, I would still just play it as one because I think that's... Mm. You, if you battle line, you battle line, aren't you? Yeah, that's how I'd play it. So. You, if you battle line, you are battle line. Like, that's, that's full stop. Yeah, but it's um, you're a behemoth as well, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're not mutually but, exclusive, are they? Because you're going to be a leader. No, anyway, so. no, I know. But that's that's the way we've been playing it anyway. It but, caused um, me a, it caused me a massive head scratch when I was trying to work it out, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but so, we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be addressed. Yeah. Um, so you're you you you're care painted, or you're working on them, or what, where are you at with them? So this time, I, I've actually been pestering Terry. Um, I wanted to use creams. <laughs> I wanted to use creams and blues and stuff. Uh, I like a bit like you, Russ, with your when I saw your. Mornar, you know when you posted a, a pic about a year ago when you went to your event with your Zilfin? Mate, that was more than a year ago. <laughs> like two years ago. Um, with the, I really like the creams. And I like the creams on the Barrett Mornar scheme in the in the yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Casually flashing the, the special edition book. I have the special edition. I buy every book in special edition because I, I like having them all, you know, because of match. Once you do the first one, I don't know if anyone else is like this. Um, I, it would trigger me if there was white ones in between. Oh, I, I had the They've all got to be black now. I had the problem. They've all got to be black. I had the problem with the end times, isn't it? So yeah, like I don't. I buy them from is I don't even play because I want to read the book and, and I know the rules. Like Seraphon, I've got the collector's edition of Seraphon. I will, I'll never play Seraphon, which is not for me. But I've got the fifty pound book on my shelf just sat there. Um, no. But anyway, here's my little tester. I've started doing him. Yeah, that's cool. You probably can't see the highlights at the minute. Um, but he's yeah, all highlighted. Make it out the colour scheme. It's all highlighted and done. It's basically um, yeah. on our colours, right? Yeah, just the cream. post a picture in the general, James, when you get a chance. Like, I'm sure everyone would like to see your hobby, so if you get a chance, post it in the general chat. I'm going to, because it's, with this character in Overlord's army, I thought I wanted, I wanted it to be my pinnacle hobby army. Um, and I know that sounds bad, but 
I, so what I've done is I went to the, you know, the core rule book, you know, the big AOS book that I think no one's ever read, but it is in the Soul Wars box. Um, I went to Gurr, and you know Gurr has the big heart marshlands in the middle, which has a big description on it as well and stuff. Um, and I've got some excess bone split models. So I thought, why not set... And I read the Iron Sky novel, you know, the character book. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've listened to that. It's, a, it's like a small iron so you know, armor, isn't yeah. it? So. so you know when they find the wreckage... Spoilers. That the ghouls have set Spoilers. As a, Spoilers. That the ghouls have set as a trap, yeah? Hmm. And they and they cite the code and they say, whenever you discover a carriage and overlord's vessel, it's your obligation to return it back for scrap or, or, or retrieve it and take it That's home. Salvage, so, so my KO army is an expedition sent to Gur to retrieve Barrett Nar, a failed expedition. So one of my frigates is going to be retrieving a gun hauler, a bit Star Wars Yoda-esque out of the, out of the slime pool, you know, like a marsh pool. The other frigate's going to have little... Well, the Ironclad's going to have little pieces of, of, of like a rogue idol that they've skyhooked and they're pulling up onto the ship. So he's been taking pieces onto the ship. Um, I'm going to have my little... Other little frigate is going to be recovering the wreckage of another frigate. Um, little bones, little bodies laid everywhere. And then I'm going to go to a bigger display board, which when they go on, it will make it'll be all marshland themed with loads of bones, you know, dead dead bone splitters and all that kind of stuff around was obviously a battle happened this isn't um, a, this isn't like an ode to i'm upset about the rogue idol point to change so i've just put the army in a bin and built a gradual army on top of it well no <laughs> I, do, I do have two rogue idols though and now i probably only run one um but i think it's probably more that i should have been much quicker with my hobby not that the point the point changes don't really affect my um I forget what the host is called now. The, the ones that ignore the F or save on that, um, the track foot. It doesn't really affect my yeah. Um But I know that some people obviously felt the points increases. And I did I did feedback back at the time that, that removing it from allies probably, probably is tough, isn't it, for some people that have bought one for an ally? Yeah. Um, but quite yeah, about this. Yeah, but, but also the, the huge bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably felt that it was. You have to remember, it's all done for balance, you know, with the best intentions. So, um, yeah, so I'll use a real idol for that, and I'll use the rest of the bone splitters all on the basis. Um, and hopefully, it will look really good. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Mate, that's good. your painting's going on leaps and bounds. Like, every time I see your army, like, when I played against your ogre army recently, I was super impressed by how you'd improved as a painter. And every time I see an army that you've done, you, you've, you've definitely stepped up your game. You know, you need to sort out, you need to, like, black rim those zinch. But, like, otherwise, yeah. it's, yeah. My um, Caradron will have black rims. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love my gold rims on the zinch, though. Uh, I know there's a lot of hate for it. Um, <laughs> just let everyone feed you, feed the hate, and then just like embrace it. Like, everyone tells me like, it's like making a really nice dinner and then putting it on and a then taking out. a poo on it. Yeah, I had someone, I told the club, was like, I love your Zinch army, but I can't look at it because those rooms offend me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and you're like, well, what the- you, wasn't it? Did you basically say that uh, the, the Zinch army should offend you, so it's okay? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I, just, I was surprised. I was like, that's what offends you about my ho- duplicitous host list. Okay. Double yeah. down on it. <laughs> just double down on it. That's why I'd just be like, nah, fuck you. I'm, I'm using it. Put, put like, glitter so on the rims as well. Yeah. Little, little glossy rhinestones. <laughs> 
speculative. Yeah, gloss it as well, dude. Like, really <laughs> lean into it. Like, gloss oh, it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've got other models that, like, I've got the Changeling. I love Bellacore. Um, I've got, obviously, some Screamers I've done. Um, that bring more more variation to the model of the army. But, yeah, it is just a pink sword for the minute. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that's with the Caradron. And also, I, you know, I play games every week with Richie, where, unfortunately, we can't both use Caradron, and because he's got his army fully ready, it's usually predominantly Richie playing it, so Richie does a lot of the science as well, which we discussed, but he puts a lot of it into practice. Um, so I think he's gone through some trials and tribulations that have mentally damaged him. Um, <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking playing Caradron of Lords, and you have to. I, I do think you have to be able to cope with losing those priority rolls, like mentally. Because yeah. if it happens all weekend, you're going to be like, "Oh god, this is like really rough. Like this isn't even. It's too stressful to think about priority rolls rather than just playing the game." So when you when you yeah. say about the priority roll, do you mean that you need a double, or you mean that it? Sometimes you just need to not lose one. Later. Yeah. So yeah. sort of KO. The way me and Richie play is you always play KO so that you can lose the double. Yeah, so you, you shouldn't be able to be in charge range, you shouldn't be taking too much damage. The problem is when you're forced into a position where either for objective scoring or your opponent makes you go first turn one, um, you might have to do some, some decisions or some choices that compromise that, and then you're at the risk of a roll off, um, which can hurt. But yeah. over the course of a weekend, you will, I think an average in one game, isn't it, is you should win two priority rolls on average. Um, I think that's a bit skewed by who goes first and second, but on average. So you play five games, you're going to lose upwards of 10 priority rolls. So you just need to be ready that when it happens, you don't go, you know, still go, because you see a lot of KO players go all in with the Vortex and then they lose the roll off and go, oh, I've lost now. I've lost. And I'm like, yeah, that, but that's probably not going to be a healthy weekend because you're going to come away from that event hating your army. Yeah, it's a bit like the old Zilfin, though, wasn't it? When you did the the clown car drop, where it was like, if they then doubled you back and you didn't have an impactful first, that was game over. And that's what I was trying to say to Richie that I think that you almost want to do that patient, slowly, slowly catchy monkey. But at the same time, you've got the added pressure of the objective scoring getting away from you. So you've got to be like, I need to be patient. But at the same time, I need to be aggressive to ensure I don't get so far behind. And you probably find that if you lose the priority roll between like three and four or two and three, it's massive. Well, it was really interesting listening to you earlier talk about Richie Sylvanath. Because um, I think the difference between me and Richie is Richie's a much more methodical, calculated player. Yeah, He's a smarter player. He's He likes the synergies. And when you play with the Sylvanath, you, you, you're used to playing with a lead and it's about, you know, is keeping that lead once you get it. With KO, you're playing behind all the time. You have to be happy to be behind early because you're going to win four and five, yeah? You need to scoot, shoot, mop up and then you close in for the kill four and five, yeah? And you predominantly win your game from turn five, which is not really how it used to be. Zilfin, like you said, you come down, I'll take half your army off on the right side even if you win the roll-off, you can't possibly get to me because they're over on the left. And then I just mop that up and I have what? Because you've got no models. And which is a very different way to play this new KO. You can still play like that with the Vortex list, but it's still different. You're not going to have the shooting with the chemist buff, all that kind of stuff. So you can still play that way, but it's a very different mindset with KO now, I think. With KO now, you're pretty much always behind on the mission unless you're comfortable enough to come into the middle or on those back objectives. Because you always have your home objectives, but there's so much in the game now that can come after 10 Arconauts. 
you know, uh, and that's why I think Aether Wings come into the game more for KO because they get the game going. You can push three Aether Wings into that middle objective on focal points if they give you the first turn. That's two points in the bag. You can use your Aether Wings to zone out a charge on your Arcanauts on the objective. You know, stuff like that. You can leave temp. You can leave temp on the back of an objective like Richard against me the other day with a frigate behind them ready to pick them up in the battalion and take them off. But it, what that stops is ten models charging your Aether Wings and just lobbing your objective. You know, you've got 13 on there now. So even if you lose the birds, you tend to protect him. So there's lots of things you can do, but I think you just have to be prepared to play from behind. And I think where me and Richie differ is I'm I'm much more happy to react or recover from mistakes, do that kind of stuff. Richie, I think, probably beats himself up a little bit about it because he feels he should have seen it, um, which, we do, which we joke about all the time. But you can't... One thing we just we think the carriage on is it's such a high, and I know it sounds silly, but such a high, hard-level army to play. So if one domino falls and goes wrong, it can literally have a knock-on effect through your whole army. Like your game plan can end because somebody got a charge off you didn't think they could make. And all of a sudden now, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. Like you're going to have to go back to the barracks and say, look, not all the lads came home and then start paying fines on the charter and everyone's going to give you one of those little badges. You know, you're on crowd of shame. Yeah. So they know that they won't sign up for expeditions with you because you suck. Like, that's what's going to happen. All sometime. I'm hearing now is that we need to get you a badge of shame. <laughs> well, that's it. It's the barrack ring, isn't it? You, if you wear an orange badge as an admiral, it means you've had failed expeditions. Which, which I think is a nod to the... And I never played World Fantasy Battle, but if you used to have orange hair, it was a dwarven color of shame. Yes, the Slayer's... So, so that's where that, I think that's yeah. where that comes from. Um, so, I, so when I read that, I didn't think anything of it until someone told me about uh, Fantasy Battle Slayers the other day, and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so, he loves paint and orange. It's the color of shame. Yeah. Like, I'm still waiting for Terry's orange Stormcast army. One here, yeah, as well. yeah one. that's one model. Yeah, you've always got one model, Terry. You've always got one. I want to see a unit of liberators in orange painted. Um, I do actually have them somewhere. Uh, sure. let me uh, get them out for you in a minute. But I think that's if you're playing KO now, I think that's the mindset. And I also think you also have to be, and I know again, this sounds silly, but you have to be happy with sometimes missions just will go, will go against you. You know, Scorched Earth, the D3 burn, better part of Valor, you might lose your battle line, you might have to bring your frigates back to protect them from being burned. You have to drop off your engine master to stop them burning them, stuff like that. It can go wrong, and you can't always enact the plan you want to enact. So some missions, but I always think thematically, that's like an expedition just going wrong. And KO is an army that if someone ever 5-0 is at a big event, amazing achievement. But even the kind of players that... I, and this happens a lot in AOS, I think. People don't acknowledge... When you go 3-1 and one with an army like KO, or 3-2, that's still a really good weekend. You know, yeah. those players, you should be like, that's really, still really good. You know, because it's such a hard army to play. You're saying that um, because you're playing them. You're like, oh, they're so hard to use. No, they are, though. They are. <laughs> it's like the daughter's players who've just seen the stat and they're going, oh, the dog. Yeah. Oh, it's a good, yeah. I mean, yeah, good player players... if I win with them. Daughter's players know that's a, a lot of malarkey. I don't think that's... I think a lot of Daughters of Cain players stopped playing them after the two years. They've, they've been a while now, the Daughters of Cain, you know. It's not... But those those stats were super interesting uh, from, from JP, uh, as always, because I think his stats are always good. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those. I think you have to be mentally because a lot can happen at an event, or when you're playing your own army. You know, you put hours into your army. Any army, any tournament, if yeah. you, you've got to keep your mental headspace in a good. Spot. Well, a lot of armies have abilities or models where that you can you can recover. 
Yeah, well, some you don't need to yeah. think, and they're just that good yeah. and broken that you don't need to worry. So, well, like, take hundred skeletons. Should we talk about Zinch? I mean, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you what? Do you want to? I'm winding you up. Um, yeah. uh, well, how do you take apart Zinch? Come on, I'm, let's intre- go I'm that, interested then, in the Zinch list you're playing and what's in it. Yeah. Um, talk us through it. Why do you have a a dilemma when you're like, I love KO, they're the army for me, but I want to win, so I'm going to play my Zinch? No, because I feel I can win with KO. And I think a 4 on 1 with KO, I'd be made up with that. I know people think, oh no, you won't, you'll moan, but I'd be well happy with 4 on 1 because I love love the rules on the game. The problem with hosted plus is it is really good, and I do enjoy playing it, but the rules sometimes, like, your opponent is not having a good day. No. No. especially when they can't retreat anything you've tagged them all and then Bellacor stops the one unit that can move moving oh, it's, you, know, you, look at, you look at them and you're like you know I'm sorry but I, you know I'm not really because I, 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 I want this to happen yeah I've built the list um, around this doing it so I'm not that sorry yeah. so so yeah but host implicitus I think more so than internal conflag because I started with internal conflag as did everyone um, I think the balance changes help settle Conflag into more of a balanced space. You know, yeah. you're going to get less heroes. If you want Flamers, you are going to get less heroes. And then you've got to decide, do I want more Exalted Flamers? Which are six shots on their own. They can buff the other Flamers. Or do I just go for three more Flamers? You know, you, you have to think about it that way. Um, there is, like, I did have Flirt with a while of having, like, 30 Flamers in a bridge. Uh, and uh, even more... Even Morsley was like, that's a horrible list. And I was like, if Tom's saying that, bloody hell, like, I can't leave that. <laughs> if Tom's there going, that's a horrible list, I'm like... Yeah, but then he sent me a picture of it. He bought, like, 30 famous. I was like, you... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how Tom plays the game, though, right? <laughs> um, but, so that's where I started, and I was finding that the problem I had was the 20 block of horrors was hard to maintain because it, people go after it straight away. They try and go after the 20 to reduce the plus one that they get to the shooting as well, so they can potentially be hit on threes. Um, people are very onto it, and it's a, a battle shot protection is a big deal. I mean, you've only got two heroes. People can quite easily come after your heroes, and you risk your bird a lot to protect them. Um, so it wasn't really... It was working, obviously, but it wasn't really that that good. I switched to, I switched to host to Pussitus because I think... So, ex- so exactly, and this comes from being friends with Richie, obviously, is I wanted to play his mentality where you kill nothing but I'm up all game on scenario. I'm basically doing the Sylvan F1 drop. You know, with my Locust, is my minus one to hit on my lads. Um, I'll be on all the objectives turn one that I can be. You can't retreat from me, which is even more egregious. And I've got Bellacore to further hammer home because you lose. Because I took all the flamers out and I was like, I don't need to be aggressive. I need to be a better anvil. So I feel Bellacore, like I played Richie yesterday or the day before, and I, <clears throat> I Bellacored his ironclad. <laughs> which essentially won me the game because it meant he lost that whole turn of shooting and my horrors were able to maintain an objective for long enough to score an additional three points on total commitment, um, which made a massive difference. Um, flamers don't really matter because they're a final save in two rooms, so in host of you're not really doing anything with them. Um, and there's so much chip damage, crawlers, techless, croak, whatever, um, that if players want to, they can come after them. Because now you can only teleport one unit, even if it's a six. They're unsupported, they're not buffed, there are five up save in two wounds. You hear it, your birds are nowhere near it to form reality on them. Um, it is a nice threat to have, obviously. You can you don't have to do it turn one. Um, but the longer you wait, you risk you risk them dying. Um, and they, people people come from really easily. Even like sentinels are in the game now. 
they would love to set some flamers on fire. Um, I don't know if the flamers would notice, but they would, but the problem was with flamers is those models are what some of my least favorite models I've ever painted, and I had to paint them to such a level, and now I'm not going to use them. So that even yeah. that just infuriates me even further. But I can I suppose I could summon them, sure. And another thing with hosted persistence is I was finding with conflag I wasn't getting enough fate points, you know, for summoning. Because I only had a bird and a fate skimmer. Yeah. So now in hosted persistence I've got a lot more casts with more heroes. Because I'm I'm I'm, I'm taking heroes over, over flamers, right? So now it's a lot more I can summon ten horrors turn three, for instance, now, instead of before it was turn four or five. Um, and that's if your heroes are alive because you can only summon from the heroes um, and people forget if you spit 10 pings back on that whole objective you can teleport the previous change host unit off them freeze them up um, now obviously the summon unit can't teleport but it still has no retreat so it's, it's, there's a lot of useful tools in hosts duplicitous it makes you feel clever if, if, you, if you have a really good game um, it's one of those lists but I'm trying to get that mentality, trying to get better at... Because you know, you know I like to play lots of different lists and improve as yeah. playing. So I like to play and understand that mindset of, of objective-based armies that don't really want to be fighting. They want to get the objectives and win. Like, you know, um, Anvil Horde-style armies, but not just not just necessarily Horde armies. Some armies are... Because I'm so used to playing Deepkin, KO... I'm a very aggressive player. I like damage. I like charging. I like killing stuff. So it's one of those. Yeah, it's it's a different mindset, totally. So one of the things, like, me and you are very similar players. Like, I don't like just being, like, I want to be killing my opponent and then and scoring the objectives. I don't want to be like, here's a wall of shit. I know I win the game by two objectives. Like, you know, that's not, uh, you know. And it's a very viable tactic. And, like, Rich has made a career out of it, hasn't he? Like, you know, just being like, here's a load of stuff you have to churn through. I've won the game by three points on the objectives because I've mapped it out from turn two. Um, it's one of those things where it's hard as an opponent. So like when you play somebody with that style, you're comfortable with that style. Like say like Richie, so he's comfortable with that style. When you push it to your opponent and say, I'm up by eight and you can't get on these objectives, what are you going to do? Um, some people don't know how to unlock the puzzle. You know, they're much more used to being the aggressor and saying, can you withstand my aggression? And, and sometimes they answer yes and they'll lose. Um, but it's, it's also, if you're not used to playing against that style, you're like, oh, okay. Because um, you sort of have to, with those kind of armies, you have to unlock synergies, you have to kill various things to sort of take away all the buffs. It's a bit like um, Fire Slayers. You know, you, you've got yeah. to know the heroes to target, the distances they can be, those kind of things. And it becomes a different sort of style to learn to play against. Um, if I see Dan's in the chat, I, 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 Dan... You know, I can always come priority role and talk about our, our Shires game that ended in... <laughs> we need, I don't think me and Dan knew what was going on at the end. There's so many people watching us at our bloody house. Like, we've got let's, the results. Let's not tangent into Blood Bowl and Hobbit. Come on, let's just yeah. go on top. Yeah, you're tangent off now, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. Let's not do a troke. Um, so. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I think I think that's with the host. But Carriage and Overlords, I, I really do think... I know a lot of people are big onto them because of the figure point drops. And they're thinking there's a whole interactive shooting mech coming. But I would implore people to really think about when you see a carriage overlist on the other side of the table to you, think about how you can bait them in, catch them, charge them. Um, don't forget you can target people in boats. The amount of people that just think because you're in a boat, they don't, they don't ever try and target you. That's but yeah, you might just want to hear. But that's the biggest bomb dropped in this entire chat that people probably don't realise. That... Yeah, but they don't because they just shoot the boat, and I'm like, why would you shoot the boat on a three up rerolling when you can just shoot the guys inside? Yeah, the characters, yeah. 
Yeah. You've still yeah. got to take a battle shot test. And yeah. if I've used gold, I'm already minus one bravery. So just even if you just kill one land, I'm minus two already. And I'm bravery seven. So like, it does make a difference. Uh, and, and usually it's really easy to do if you've got spells. I know it's easy to say when you're, on, you know, you're further away, but yeah. someone like Teclas could just go, right, my shooting attack plus Avalanor's shooting attack into those Thunderers in that boat. And they'll just they'll jump out and run off like cowards. Yeah. No one will talk about it because they're dwarves. It's really so funny uh, that, like, uh, you know, Cradshaw, if you think about it, they're in a boat, right? They're being Peeking shot. Peeking out the portholes. And then they go, fuck this, I'm off. They <laughs> jump out the boat into the open, like, in yeah. the air. And they you just, just run away. And they're like, running. hang on a minute, how's that work? Andrew <laughs> Master's like, where are you going? And you but yeah, it's thematically, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. You see this little rope come down, and you're like, where are they going? So, so, um, I didn't realise you could shoot the crew. So yeah. let's say they're hit by like a template-style weapon, like Plague Wind, and you put the line through the boat. Oh, Terry, it, it hits everything in the boat. Oh, it does yeah. hit everything in the boat, okay. Yeah. So Richie played Paul, uh, Paul Scott, who's, who works at Just Play, and he had the thrice fold, and the super beam hit the whole army. Every boat, every unit, everything for 3D3. Yeah, yeah. That sounds same fun. with like Teclas's spell in it. It's like it, hit everything within eighteen inches. But that point is that's everything. Yeah. Like that's another thing that makes KO hard to deal with the current meta because yes, of course, like you can shoot Teclas off, but um, but my god, if he gets that spell off, your lads are going to get burned. And the, I mean, the boat, everything's getting hit, like everything. And if you lose your two Andrew masters, it's going to get real fast because you're going to have to take battle shot tests. Your boats can't fly high. All of a sudden, yeah. you just look a bit silly sitting in the middle of the war going, oh dear, can't even heal. I guess um, well, that's spells what... are a bit of a prey in the ass that do the stuff that hit everything within a certain range because they hit everything, right? Yeah. yeah. If you hit the base that's of the boat, it's because it's a garrison. Yeah. Um, anything in that garrison is hit. It's all one, it's all one model, essentially. Yeah. Have you had any thoughts about utilising the fact you can fight in melee from the boat as a garrison. And yes, so that's another reason for the engine master with the hammer. Three attacks, three threes, minus one, and if he hits it on six, it's three flat damage. So that's a bit of poke that people don't realise when they charge the boat. Obviously, you drop your mines. The other one is the, is, um, the Thunderers. So the Thunderers don't get their rerolls in the garrison, but because you're within three, they can hop out in your movement phase, stay within three, just be holding within six of the boat, and now they can fight in, the, in, the, in your turn combat phase. Um, then you get the rerolls, so they help mop up as well. Um, it, 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 it's hard because the real the combat units are obviously the riggers and the wardens, and they're usually on the outside, um, so they get shot or charged themselves. But yeah, it's one of those. Um, it's hard with combat. I think combat is a tough ask because you're low bravery. You've got one attack on the riggers. The pikes on the wardens are good, but you don't get enough of them. Um, to, to justify a combat unit. Although, if you're going to do that, we, I have written lists with like nine to twelve riggers in Mornar with the strike first. You know, when you yeah. just having that one blob, uh, but the problem with that is it can't hitch. So, because it's Mornar, I'm literally running turn 118, you know, to, to get those pistol shots. You win the roll off, and then you can charge a strike first. If you lose the roll off in your charge, you can still strike first. But obviously, you're susceptible to your opponent doing all the other damage and stuff to negate that. So, there's been some play around that because I, I, I really want to use the new model as well, who's really cool. You know, the do, you not, do you not think he's amazing with the, the oh. bomblets and stuff? He can be. He, the bomblets are obviously very good, like, no question. Um, he can be, but it's 190 points. But he's a big like feature that's... on my list. Like, I have him and the engine rigger block like as my combat. But, 
bit of fun. And it is. And I think to that point, there is no one way to go. Like you could be well be right in running that and having great success with relying less on your shooting. Because I played thrice fold with my KO and minus four to hit, you've got no chance. Like if I played Terry's thrice fold um, and he's got the Black Lord there whacking on his pe- box of plague bearers, you got you well, never just, win that game. Just plague bearers with Geminids. That's my yeah, you, 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 so. you never win that game. So, yeah. um, so you can't but combat. You could those riggers could go in and go right, get amongst the flies, ignore the smell because you've got your helmet on, and just start cutting. Sometimes, like Owens Fishburne said in John Wick, you've got to cut a motherfucker. Yeah, that's what, that's what that's what the riggers do. You got to put the guns down, and you've got to go in and get you've got to get up close and personal. So I think there's, there's an element to that. My only issue is, would I rather have ten archonauts and an engine master instead, who still has three shooting attacks at minus one D three, still has three attacks because he also helps the boat become a bit more of a combat piece. I can charge a boat in knowing that okay, I've got the blade bow attacks, which. Unless you don't see the boxes coming from above, you're not going to get hit by. But he can actually hit you with his hammer. That's a real attack. Um, and it can be that little difference. You know, when something's on one wound and your cad's not quite shot it off. Yeah. And you're a bit gutted because you got all cocky saying you were going to. And then you have them. You've got to go in and sort of hit, I hit it on the head. So I never go into a game being all cocky and bullshit like you do. <laughs> Yeah. No, but you know how players like they're in the shooting phase going, well that's all dead, isn't it? Because I'm going to shoot it off right now. Is this where you and try and talk the game out rather than roll the dice? You go, well I'm obviously gonna kill it all, so you'll just call it that. No, but then they, go, then they go, Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. It's mind games, it's mind games. But then then you go, actually just roll the dice, just roll the dice. Oh you only killed like two things. Why are you trying to talk there's about always, it? No, like, God damn it, why did you make me play the game? no with the realization of you haven't shot anything off, you're like, uh oh. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're like you're like if I say it's going to happen, they'll just believe me, and then we don't have to, don't have yeah. to take the risk of it not happening. Yeah, because you're like, well, I use two command points, and we roll ones on everything. Everyone's against flyers. I use my gold to roll. What's just... the problem? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. It's a bit like when we played, and I said, don't don't charge Arkan, it's a trap. And you're like, yeah, no, yeah, it's but... a trap. Oh, don't go into the Mortis Engine well, Necromancer. It's a trap. Oh, I don't know. I'm... It's a trap, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then what happened? Well, I felt bad on that game because. I played Robbo, Matt Robinson, the, the game before with his Beast Claw, and we finished after like half an hour because I just charged him with eels and killed him. I think, I think you're, you need to rewind. What happened? Like, not change the subject. <laughs> what happened in our game? What happened? No, I'm getting to that. Uh, but then I, I was, I drank far too much in the two hour period, and I got to oh, the table. Right. I was playing alcohol. No but, no, but I was talking at you for about half an hour, I think, you and you were clearly sat there like, can you just deploy your models, please? Like, the yeah, man yeah, started. You were talking I, I was I was talking at you about Nintendo Switch and everything because I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I was trying to understand what an aimbow was and you're explaining an aimbow because I had Diablo no, 3 on the Switch. And that's, amiibo. I don't even know the word. It's And then we got to like, I think it was turn two. And I even said to you before we started, I was like, I know that's bait. I'm going to charge it anyway because I'm going to kill it, obviously. It yields. I did it, obviously. Yeah. Um, got battered, but I was up on the score with like two models left at the end of time. And you could tell Russ looked at me. I wasn't sure if he was expecting me to go, so uh, that's time. Don't stand, sir. And then I was like, no, I've lost. I can, like, oh, uh, I can count the amount of times I've played people that, that are really slow, take loads of time, turn up a little bit drunk. And then at the end of it, they then go, well, we can't obviously play that five second turn. That means I lose. So it's the only game. It's, I, from memory, it's the only game where I've wasted 40 minutes at the start, you know, like just doing nothing, like just talking. Um, it's so easy to do, though, because you turn up, you start chatting, you just sort of set up, you go get a drink, you have to go to the toilet, you come back, so 45 yeah. minutes gone. But 
it's it's the way we all play at the club anyway. Like, yeah. we're, we're, like if, if I if I went back to the club and I was like, oh, I want to be in a time with two models, they'd all be like, what? What are you doing there? Like, it's not something we really encourage. I know people think we just say that. But if anyone's ever played me, they know that there's no way I would ever I would ever win like on turn two with time. No, to be honest, like I, I've had a lot of games with Richie where it goes to time because of the nature of what he's playing, um, and he, you know, he's mapped that out and basically given me. I mean, we played on the stream, and uh, it was like this game. It was like I was playing Legion of Grief, and I think he was playing Sylvaneth minus one to hit Revish, and I was like, this is never going to finish. <laughs> so, not only have you got all the faff of getting on the stream and doing all the getting all the questions yeah. and being slowed down by that, but you've also got Richie on the other side of the table, so <laughs> Mister McFarlane. I've never had that issue because I always play super aggressive armies, right? So I've either killed you within an hour and a half or, or things are going wrong for me. So I've never really had that issue. At the Shires, I did get to turn four and five more before I'd won, like before I'd killed my opponent um, because of the nature of the army. But I was still well within time. I think, yes, that's probably the only game I've ever had to do that. Um, but anyway, I got I had two models. I, I, you literally killed my army in like a turn and a half. Yeah. I know it's amazing. Uh, spirit. So yeah, so that so, so that sucked. Um, but other than that, <laughs> for me. But then you went on to win. Yeah. No, but then you went on to win. So I've, I've made up for you in that sense because I because I can start saying stuff like, "Well, I only lost to the guy I won." So exactly. I lost the problem. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, it's, no, it's really good. And the same with Curry when I lost um, Element. I think he was. You know, Curry, Curry's quite bullish, isn't he? When he plays, and I think he no, was expecting me no, to like. Not at all. He's, yeah, he's, not better. No, because no, no, I think talking about. I think he was me to like say like oh I lost because of dice or whatever and I was and I, and I, and I lost to Curry at Brotherhood uh, more in a team environment more so but and I just said to him I was like no you play better than me like deserve to win like I don't really have any when I lose oh, no, you should always ever give him any, any reason to, don't to get believe better, I, mean, I lost because of bad decisions I made. Like it was nothing to do with. Yeah, but don't game. say because so that's good. better then. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, don't say. If you say you lost because you were an idiot, that's fine. But don't say that. No, no. Because if you if you say good nice things to Ben, he starts to get he starts to get up and up in himself, oh, and then he just projects yeah. that down on you, and you're just like, oh god. If he still wants the same list, I mean, yeah, you know well, he's watching. Still it now. Not no, okay. I don't, yeah. Actually, watching We've it. That's why. That's why I'm giving him grief. Um... Oh, okay. But, Hi, man. Yeah, but um, no. So, okay. So we've talked a lot about round about the houses, about playing all the rest of it. Where do you just quickly? Yeah. Where do you think, like meta wise, there's a lot of this stuff out there, like S tier, A tier. We like League of Legends, so we've ripped this oh, off. Yeah. Um, what What do you feel like factions? Do you feel that there there is a massive tier gap? Do you think something is cream of the crop? And do you think that the meta has slowed down because of COVID or do you think TTS has sped it up? Uh, so I think with TTS it's very easy to fall into the trap of this list is really good and I'm like sure but do you want to own those models two would you actually buy field that paint and field that army and three who are you playing against are they trying out other lists as well and stuff are you playing it against real hard lists I think TTS because it's so flexible in the, what you can run and how you can play it it creates a false perception of what can be good and not um which is also what the you, case of what you would face. It's not real life, is it? No, and also at the table, when your time constraints and you're looking at a table top down, you might make different decisions as, as to that on a PC screen. So it's a little bit different to play as well. Obviously, it still gives you great, great, great uh, context for some units and how they operate. Uh, I think with the meta, though, I think it's getting what people have painted. It could be a wild west for a little bit because everyone's painted something during lockdown. 
players that didn't necessarily have the time before who might have been on an army they wanted to get off or they just fancied a break or a change and also I think it's given a lot of players a bit of time to mentally refresh and not play any events and be like actually this weekend I'm just going to paint you know I'm not going to spend all week writing lists uh, the hardest list I can for Saturday I'm going to paint something and chill and I think that that might actually have a knock-on effect to armors people bring it's good i think that's been that'll be really good for the meta there's been like you know i mean i just speak for myself like i've not uh, everything at the start of this year was focused on etc um and now obviously yeah. that didn't happen um and it's just been like such a like a weight off the shoulders and it's allowed me time to like you know again like mentally refresh and look at things from a different perspective and it's just i imagine there's a lot of people out there you know, I mean, you must be the same, like, you know, without the pressure of Six Nations and stuff like that. You've then just gone, right, I can now, you know, focus well, I was, on I was, I was saying, I was looking forward to my first ETC. I was ready. I was ready. Yeah. Um, but no, I think with, 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 with the actual events themselves, I think when we get back to it, people haven't played the GHB a lot. They won't, the bonus score will catch people out in some missions. People will change their lists, I think, after seeing that and be more prepared for certain missions they don't expect to see in packs. Like, better part of Valor was a, it was a mission that was in the bin, right? Essentially, in, in terms of tournament scene, no one wanted to play that. It, it basically let some armies just win more. Now, could that be a very popular mission because of the battle line requirement to control it? No. You don't think so? Well, I think it could, but it could be. Only a deep game yeah, well, is going to like this mission. Oh, and a horror player. Come on. A deep um, They're going to be like, oh, this is great. Um, All my men are battle line them but, in your face. I've burnt everything on turn two. Yeah. I win. This is but, great. But, but it makes you, makes great you write this differently. Like, even, even me and Richard are like, do we need two or three heroes in the KO army? You well, know, for leader bonus points. I have been playing around mm-hmm. with uh, a Slaves to Darkness list with loads of Chaos Knights because I just think they're fast. They're all battle line. You can. Yeah, the great, the great home for a buff as well. Stat uh, buffs on them. Yeah, and the models are really nice in the new in the new um, start collection. But yeah, I, I think those are the key factors. But I do think like Luminef are going to rise straight to the top. No one's played them before, and they they have a lot of stuff that really hurts you if it catches you out. It doesn't just clip you; it really hurts. And I think once people get used to it, they'll be fine to play Luminef. Um, but yeah. playing Teclas for the first time, he's going to have your pants down. If you play Sentinels for the first time and they shoot off an entire unit with high roll, you think, "Oh my god, how am I ever going to beat these?" Um, but over time, I think you'll people will, will, will identify weaknesses. It's still a great army, obviously, but there'll be there'll be some overreaction, I think, on Luminef. And then I think yeah, that it depends really, really, doesn't it? You get that that unknown yeah, of course spike yeah in of course due to oh I didn't know what that did um, yeah of course and everyone will be on it and and be, I'm sure there'll be just massive outcry for some Christmas comp <laughs> uh, but then also so, uh, because. <laughs> Seraphon, Seraphon never got to breathe, um, no. and a lot of people I know are complaining about Seraphon. lizards. Um, to, to be honest, so we'll get to see them as well. I'm really happy that they haven't had a chance to breathe because I just want to put my foot on the fat frog's throat <laughs> until it stops breathing, and then I want to put it in the bin along with that battle tome. <laughs> I just want to like peer into his chair and be like, "What's up, Balance Russ? The big spy hole." <laughs> but yeah I think Seraphon are another one um, Seraphon Luminef because they've not had a chance to breathe and Seraphon will catch loads of people out with their teleport shenanigans oh, and the yeah. fact that they're with their entire bloody so, they, so they're really good um, and I think are people looking at decimators Les hey, I got them in my Skyborn Slayers 10 of them 
if you're if you're a Stormcast player with Gav right now, and you've got Decimators with KO in the boats, with Horus yeah. splitting, with big groups of Sentinels, with huge amounts of skinks all over the place, mate, they're just some serious work. The Decimators, I still stand by that. Like you know, I, admittedly, I played two games recently with Skyborne, and I throw boot. I've lost both of them, but the points drops in Stormcast have made, in my opinion, protectors, you know, for the, the monster hunting and decimators amazing. Like, and for me, like I've been taking them in Skyborne because you're five inches away and you charge on the first turn if you want to, or you keep them in the sky. It's uh, decimators are really good. It's only when you play against like a wanky Tom Morsley list, which is all boats. Yeah. That you then don't benefit from the fact that they're decimators, but yeah, it's like, put a screen in front of me it's like with even with the protectors the, the amount of attacks that they're putting out yeah again i've been taking it with celestial vindicators so you spend a command point and you increase the, the attacks so your decimators go yeah. in they generate an attack per unit per model in the unit spend a command point if they're in range of the hero which they should be because you know that's where the celestant is you know so they get four attacks each because of the ranges spend a command point five attacks each there's not a lot that's gonna you know you're rerunning ones on the charge you're hitting on threes it's so you're going in rerolling ones with a million attacks you're going to kill stuff um yeah and when my brother votes with them they're rich's head fell off because of the amount of attacks yeah. they get because yeah because no i'm one's just saying like, there's, the there's interesting things out there that people yeah. just won't play because they think our yeah. oh, stormcast suck um and if you're yeah. a stormcast player who loves your army maybe maybe try and write a couple of lists um yeah. I still think you need Gav to deliver them outside of Skyborn Slayers, which, which kind of rules out the Anvil Heldenhammer, because otherwise if they come down and you fail that charge, you could just lose yeah. it for nothing. But, but then the Celestine Prime does that as well, because he can change his yeah. charge. Well, I think there's a lot of play. I know people tell me they're like the worst army to go in, but yeah. they're, they're quite spicy in this meta, so it would not shock me if Stormcast got a few cheeky little results with some off-skew lists. Mate, I, like I said, I know I've been keep talking about this Skyborn Slayers list I've been running, but with the points drops, you get an additional character and a command point. Um, it's the in the list that was already quite like body heavy. You know, I've got the Prime, I've got the Venator, I've got an Encantor, I've got a Celestine, I've got like two Judicators, I've got the Luckstone on the Venator because of the ability. So you do damage nine when it goes through if you're lucky. You've got 10 Protectors, two yeah, Estimators. It's like a three drop, you know, you deploy two models on the table and just go like, cool, put your stuff where you like. So I I would expect to see them as well. It would not shock me if they had a little bit of success. Um, Obviously, they're not going to come down and charge into into, uh, Hearthcart Berserkers, but, you know, not a cheeky them. I think Fireslayer is really unique spot because they were really, really good uh, and their army, nobody wants, nobody enjoys playing against them because they're not really interactive. Or play with, but um, you can shoot all the heroes now. With a lot, there's a lot of armies out there that come after your lads with the banner. So it'd be interesting to see Fireslayer players persist because they are so susceptible to these techless. But now that techless spell goes off, and you don't make you four up on that banner. Fireslayers, so it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting with um, the, Black Kings. Yeah. Everyone's on them. Yeah, I mean, even with forty seconds, like, you take out all of the, the heroes in Fire Slayers, don't you? And then it's just like, cool, like Hermdai don't yeah. matter because you're not going. You know, all of the heroes are dead because most people these days are running the not running the magma draft; they're running the smaller, you know, the smaller yeah. heroes. A double battalion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay. But that's 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 another one. So yeah, there's a lot out there, I think. But it's it would be wide open, I think, and there'll be a lot of lists. People have had time to read books now. 
Do you think you'll be at distinct advantage because you've been playing over lockdown? Because you've got just playing those competitive players. Are you looking to come back for Storm and Podium, sweep it up? The Just Play boys should come out of this and just absolutely clean house, really. <laughs> well, we do anyway, Terry, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, here we go. Mate, don't feed the ego. Free and I, mate. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would, we've, been, we've been playing, so we're very fortuitous, but a lot of people have been playing on TTS as well, and a lot of people play a lot of Garden Hammer as well. Um, so I think... We'll be, the, only, the only event I'm playing is the um, uh, is the Just Play event in November, I think. It's, it's the only one going to go on this year, isn't it, really? Unless yeah. that gets cancelled, I, mean, I don't know. So Maybe. there'll only be really one sample yeah, before Christmas. Yeah. Interesting times. Well, so we'll see. I think what we'll do is we'll wrap up there. We'll be back 8 o'clock with Oscar Lars to talk about some hobby-related uh, Age of Sigmar. If you're uh, on looking forward to that. And you've somehow stumbled on this channel with, like, you know, we're we're doing this because we were streaming from Discord, but we had some technical issues. But we're still there, Discord server. Check us out, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, But thanks for coming on, James. Uh, it's always interesting to hear Thank your, you, James. Your yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to see all your little faces. Uh, no, see you in lockdown. No, no, right. Exactly. We might. We might. Still, still, they're gone. So, I was say it's funny thinking six months and let, Terry still hasn't bought a bulb for his room. I know. <laughs> I was if about I could, to say we might let Terry out of his cupboard at some point, but yeah, going to be in a dingy hole. Who would it be? If I turn my main bedroom <laughs> light on, I'll just have this yellowy glow in here, and it will look awful. <laughs> I just thought it was because all your bulbs go on like painting lamps and that's really because yeah. you've always got a lamp on you're always just like I don't even need a lamp in like, I'm just yeah. um, I don't know what what's going on with just play like whether or not we'll be able to pop up but like it might be cool if um, you know me and Russ pop up we could pop up for the day and just like you know have a mutual range I'm not sure what the, the deal is obviously social distancing and all that shenanigans we're good to cover it maybe come like, on up um, yeah, yeah come on up because um, we we're, we're well, we'll go out for drinks afterwards because you're not allowed. No, just, like, you're not to be more than six people, are you? Unless you. No. But if you go into a bar, you can sit at different tables with people. I think that's okay. So. Yeah. And who knows? By, by then, we're probably in second lockdown anyway. Yeah, it won't matter, will it? It'd be um, it'd just be cool. What, it'd be nice to like maybe do it. I'll worry about it the week before. That's that's yeah. my approach. I'm on a plane with that. I'll probably get COVID tonight on a plane. No, my luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that, that anyway, that note, thanks very much. And on that, on that morbid <laughs> note, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, James. Yeah, but I have is. got Mario for the plane, so I'm, I'm all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Have a safe trip. See ya. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.